you know there's only like so much of uh no, actually that's a lie i love alien dick i love monster dick i love all dicks oh my gosh please delete <laughs> I'm not deleting that. Why? Oh my god. Why would I? I'll just stop talking. I think that's our intro. That's going to be our intro. Welcome back to Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. <laughs> I'm Seth. <laughs> it's been a while, so we're a little rusty, but we have uh, a guest with us. We have Desiree M. Nicoli, who is the author of Given to the Ghoul, which we've read and briefly discussed on the podcast before, and the upcoming, uh, it's called To the Deep. I always mess up that title, but Called to the Deep, which is releasing in 2022 this year. Right. That's right. Do we have a specific date or is it just still 2022? Fall sometime. Hopefully early fall is what has been kind of hinted to me. So we'll find out. All right. Well, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Welcome to Romance and the Monsters. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I feel like I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while. So it's kind of having like a, having a little fangirling moment right now. um so we're doing something a little different today because desiree is joining us for a catch-up and chill so we all have lists of books tv shows movies that we've been enjoying recently and that we wanted to share with our listeners uh but before we dive dive into this um desiree do you want to briefly talk about your books give us a taste of what they're about sure i'm going to start with called the deep since it's uh debuting this year and i'm quite excited about it um we are too so called the deep is a main based paranormal romance that features a flesh craving mermaid and her sexy yes. sea captain beau Ooh. Um, Ooh. In a, yeah <laughs> it's set in a modern fictional coastal town called haven cove and uh, the book opens with a foggy, open ocean search and rescue. Our hero, Killian Quinn, is an offshore fishing captain. And he's searching through the wreckage of a what we call tall ship, searching for survivors with his crew. And he finds one who only remembers snippets of what happened of the storm that sunk her ship. Um, he brings her on board and he treats her for hypothermia. And in his caring for her, of course, as you know, her comfort trope must work. They have a strong mutual attraction forming. When they return to shore, uh, Lorelai not only struggles with survival, survivor's guilt, she is plagued by strange dreams and this, like she just needs to go to the ocean. There's just something calling her there. But worst of all is this, is this unsettling hunger for raw flesh, and it's eating her from the inside out. And if she doesn't, so find she ways doesn't to start it. out that way. Interesting. I oh. I thought 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. a nice the, twist. The inciting incident, which is uh, the ship sinking in the storm, it like kicks off all these new unsettling like phenomena. But yeah, if she doesn't curb her hunger, her uh, new fishing captain boyfriend might become a tasty snack in more ways than one. Ooh, that sounds exciting. And his name is Killian, right? Which is a very sexy Ugh, name. I love, I have that love that name. It's one of my faves. Yeah. <laughs> I fell in love with it when like I was watching Once Upon a Time, like Killian Jones, like Captain Hook. Yeah, so hot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've had people ask me, like, is he the face claim? Which valid? That is a hot man. I would not be <laughs> upset to be like, those two look alike. Um, he's actually, uh, his face claim is actually uh, Michael Lutzman. I don't know if I pronounced his last name right, Ooh. but he's um, Dario, like yeah. the, the replacement actor for Dario in Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's also in Haunting a Hill House. He's yeah, and Age of Adeline, too. He's a hot man. That is a hot man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if, you, if you see the character art for Killian, you will know that, like, nothing is, like, he, he just he just looks like Michael Huffman. There is no, like, reining it back whatsoever. <laughs> Shameless That's with fine. that man's face. Um, and what about Given to the Ghoul? We know what it's about. We've read it, but our listeners might have not read it. So that one was my first dive well i don't know Cold of the deep might be considered monster romance or monster light but uh this given school is actually monster romance and it's set in an isolated town in arizona uh surrounded by the sonoran desert and it kicks off with the main character mina who's very scrappy and she's a one-time drifter turned unwilling sacrifice she's cast out into the desert because the townspeople think that there's ghouls out there, and if they sacrifice her, they'll be spared. They won't get eaten themselves. But she ends up befriending the ghoul and becoming so much more. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say befriending is a little. <laughs> that is a light way of putting it. It's more like instant loss, instant bang. Um, but he, it, not only do they, you know, they, they uh, fuck in the desert, as one does. <laughs> as one does. I love it. Might as well. It's my favorite trope of, like, might as well. Yeah. It is, exactly. She's like, I just hiked through the desert all day. I was only given a single canteen of water. Pretty sure, like, all day she thought she was going to die. Right. And then this really handsome, shape-shifting ghoul comes along and is like, oh, are you cold? Have my jacket. Oh, are you hungry? I, I packed sandwiches. You need more water? Here's a canteen that never runs out because ghoul magic. You know, he's super friendly and... Friendlier. I don't know. She's like, fuck it. I almost died. You're hot. He was hot. If you're going to go out, might as well go out with a bang. Okay? And if it <laughs> yes, so happens literally. to be a ghoul, then <laughs> so be it. And you're in the middle of the desert where, like, there's no white pollution, so it's just a big, starry night sky, and you can see the Milky Way. That's, like, just the atmosphere is there for romance. Exactly. He takes it one step further. He helps her get revenge on the townspeople that right. sacrificed yeah. her. And that was hot. Which is how the story ends. He does eat her enemies. And also, I don't remember. He eats her out too, right? So he eats the enemies and eats her. <laughs> <laughs> we love that combination. Uh, another favorite trope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, right. So, who wants... To begin, we're not gonna make you start this race. <laughs> it's like 
<laughs> a little intense. I mean, unless you want to. I mean, I could. I, I, I have no fear. I don't mind. Um, actually, one of the books I read, Marge, I don't know if you got to it. Um, yes, I did. Four Leaf by Lee Jaco. I did. Okay. Yeah. I can start with that one. Sure. So it'll be a little, we both can jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Four Leaf by Lee Jaco is uh, MF Childhood Friends to Lovers Contemporary Romance where they play hide and, adult hide-and-seek, oh. tag, and wrestling, so primal king. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's set in Boston on St. Patrick's Day, and the main character, Samantha, and her sister, Willow, they own this really ritzy hotel um, and bar, which they inherited from their parents. And so it opens up with them, you know, working, and Sammy has this list of repairs she's got to do, including, like, fixing this linky thing because she's just trying to get everything ordered for guests that night because they're, like, packed solid. Every room is booked. Um, but she gets distracted by the replay of a rugby game on the TV above the bar, and her best friend, Adrian, is just shrieking across the field in all of his sweaty, muscled glory because uh, he's a rugby player, a professional rugby player. So I don't know if you've seen what those – Find specimens look like, but they're quite—they're <laughs> quite something. Um, and fun tangent: uh, in college, I used to play rugby, so we don't get. It, this isn't a sports romance, so we don't get into yeah. like a whole lot of rugby happening on the page. But like, if you're familiar with the sport, there is so much terminology that is just. Actual also, we do get into it because there is some like tackling, some chasing, some you know, it's it's in there just in a that's different true. context. That's, that's, yeah, it's a lot more subtle. <laughs> but yeah, scrumming, rucking. Uh, there's a, a position called the hooker. Oh, the hooker. Just some fun rugby facts. I got a toss in there. Um, but anyway, so she's watching her best friend do a rugby tackle on the screen and her sister's watching her basically drool in front of all their patrons and she's like so that so that think that you're talking about what about how, having adrian fix that leak between your legs <laughs> <laughs> like it just starts like it just takes <clears throat> off running yeah. like, like we don't even get to the the two love interests like the, we get great sibling banter right from the start. But also the sister is like the main character is completely oblivious but the sister is like the one person that clearly sees it in him and clearly sees, sees it in her sister and she's like guys come on <laughs> you want each other like just act on it and the reason why they haven't acted on it because it's like the typical like oh why mess up a really good friendship but there's yeah. also Adrian is into primal kink and he figured that out when he was like 13 or 14 and it was actually when he was with Sammy that he's like oh because mm-hmm. they were actually playing like hide and seek or something and he like tackled her to the ground and then he was like is- oh first boner maybe <laughs> I don't know it was just like he, it, he, he had a really really intense reaction that he had never felt before and he was kind of scared of it and then when he began to understand primal kink and that this is okay and I can do this partners he was like i don't know if sammy would be into that so i'm not going to have her i'm not going to risk 
that with her and have her look at me differently and not want to be my friend anymore because it's not worth it to lose her. Was this a full-length novel? No. Okay. Well, does it count as full-length? I don't think so. It's like 100 pages. I always say this with every book, but I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah, same here. (laughs) It's so good. Obviously, she's into the final thing. Of course. There's a... There's some chasing. I wish the chasing was longer. That's my only complaint. I will agree. Yeah, yeah. He he gets a pretty fast, and I'm like, damn it! I was I was I wanted to hear, hear her heart racing and yeah. you know like darting through some. Tr- I don't know. There's like a there's like a park area behind the um, hotel. I'm like, like weaving through some trees and like I don't know. Just more some more lead up before the 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 tackle. Yeah, some some like proper like scared horny stuff happening but like we don't get the scare part of it she's not that scared you know she's more like excited which is fine but I wanted like excited and fear to like excitement and fear to intertwine a little bit more Mm. it's fine it was good she's more like that's me (laughs) (laughs) I mean wouldn't that be us all so I mean yeah (laughs) I will say I am not uh, a fan of friends to lovers but this was the way to do it. If you if you give me friends to lovers, but you throw in like something properly kinky like this, I yeah. can get behind it. I really enjoyed it for that. You yeah, know, when Desiree said friends to lovers, I was like, wait, Marge read this, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> it was the primal king that did it, <laughs> right? It was. But I feel like there's not that many books out there that I, that are like specifically focused on that trope. Like, it's a primal kink book, you know? Like, I don't think, I can't, like, I can only think of one, and it's uh, fairly recent. It's primal, uh, what's it called? Kink Camp, sorry, Hunted by A. Enders, which is the author of White Out. I don't know if that rings any bell for anyone. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that book, she 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 self-published a, a primal kink book, but that's literally the only book I can think of that has that trope as, like, the main trope. I, I feel like there's a lot more now. You think? Yeah, I feel, especially this year, there's been like a lot of like tropes, a lot of books coming out with really? that. Well, listeners, if you have suggestions, uh, feel free to reach us online. Let us know because we're clearly looking for them. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, if you haven't read Four Leaves, then, sorry, Four Leaf. Is it Four Leaf or Four Leaves? It's not Four Leaves. It's Four Leaf, right? Four Leaf, like the Four Leaf Clover. Ah, okay. There you go. <laughs> St. Patty's Day. <laughs> so then check that one out. All right. Who's going next? Not me. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll change things up. I'll start with the show. And as I know you watched it recently, too. And I'm talking about Stranger Things season four. Um, did you watch it, too, Desiree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. For those of you who, like, don't know what it's about, which, I mean, how do you not know what it's about? Um, it's about a group of kids, um, who discover the Upside Down, which is basically like a parallel world to ours, and then they come across a girl named Eleven, um, who, like, clearly had a intense past, which I won't get into, but anyway, so the whole point of the show is, like, them trying to, like, close the gates and, like, you know, just to, all these monsters are coming in to, like, fight them and, like, eat them and want to, like, destroy the world, um, and take it over, and then, um, season four, <laughs> finally we get a new season, and it's, like, three three years later I think like it's taken three years for the season to come out right like around Mm -hmm. but in the show it's just been a year and I don't know man this season was just like amazing like I was in love with it um 
Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it besides like. Wait, is it half a season? It was my understanding that they released like half the season and then they're going to release the second half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they released, um, I believe it was seven episodes and then they have episode eight and nine coming out July 1st. And like those episodes are like I think around two hours and a bit. Like they're they're long. They were wow. over a little over an hour, huh? Each episode. Yeah, this these season? like the ones before the mm-hmm. part two was like an hour and like a half. One with like but the you're finale. used to that, Seth, with your oh I know, shows. but it's don't like, pretend like that's long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for like an English show to be that long, yeah. I was like absolutely shocked. But I yeah. lit, no, like yeah. loved every minute of it. I felt like every like minute was not boring. <laughs> Like, I loved okay. it. And, like, the finale of, like, this part was, like, amazing. Like, Vecna, guys. Yeah. Who thought he was hot? Raise your hand. I mean, I can't say. I haven't seen it. But I'll just raise my hand and support. <laughs> but, yeah, no. All this to say, I just loved it. And, like I said, Vecna's hot. Um, he's done no wrong. I just love the idea of, like, found family and, like, how strong and, like, prevalent it is in the show. And mm-hmm. I just, like, think the show is amazing and everyone should just watch it. Even if you're, like, you're not a fan of horror, I really feel like it's just amazing. Like, I don't even have another word to say. I agree. It's really good. Is there any romance in that show or is it just kids having fun? There are, like, kid romances. And there's yeah. also Joyce, which is, like, the mom and, like... Hopper. Hopper. They're so The cute. daddy. Ugh. I think he's he looks so, so hot. good this season, guys. Yeah. Hopper, mm. yeah. Him and the Russian guy. What was his name? It was like Enzo, but like he had a real name. I don't remember. He was cute too. But he was hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, S, do you want to go next? I'll go next. Um, so I'm gonna start off with the Vicious Lost Boys series by Nikki Saint Crow. I believe I mentioned it in a podcast episode. Maybe I think the. The the episode that you mentioned it in S is the reverse harem episode, which when this releases, we haven't put that out yet. But I guess you'll have that to look forward to. You talk about it a little bit more in that episode. Yeah, I think it was the reverse harem, yeah. But it's a sexy, dark retelling of Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a reverse harem with, like, these hot, rootless, morally gray love interests. It follows... Winnie, who is a darling, and in this retelling, every darling goes mi- goes missing on her on their 18th birthday. Um, some of them are gone for like a day, a week, some of them a month. But when they return, they're always, they come back crazy. They come back mad and like talking about like what they saw, what they went through. Um, growing up, Winnie was always... She always considered her mom crazy because of all the tales that she would say and, like, all the stories about Peter Pan. So she never believed her. So she's she spent her childhood um, being tortured by her mother, trying to find ways to prevent her being taken at the age of 18. Um, but nothing she does helps. So once she turns 18, Peter Pan shows up and ends up taking her to Neverland in hopes in in hopes to find um because i guess he lost his shadow oh okay yeah so he takes her in hopes to have her help him find the shadow and um the when she arrives um she sees the the lost boys which is peter pan the twins fashion cast and then vane who has this like um he has this dark demon shadow that he like took 
So he's like one of the crazy ones. Uh, and then the Lost Boys have a rule that um, they're not allowed to fuck the darlings. Why is that a rule? Is it like a magical rule or like a rule they... It's just a rule that they've like established from the beginning. Like they have one purpose and that's to find Peter Pan's shadow. So okay. they don't want to like interfere anymore, right? They don't want to interfere anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But when Winnie comes, she's different, and she takes matters into her own hands, and one thing leads to another, and <laughs> she seduces them. More like one and... thing leads into another. <laughs> or two things lead into another. Or, or that. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just, it's really good. It's short, it's spicy, it's... So did you read the second one? So yet? I read, yeah, so I read the second one, and um, it was really good. Really, really good. Is it done now? No, there's still one more. So far, there's going to be three books in the series. Um, two of them are out. The third book, Their Vicious Darling, releases on September 1st. So it's oh, okay. we have to wait a little while. And it ends on a cliffhanger. Okay. Just FYI. I remember one of my questions when you mentioned the first one. Um, mm-hmm. Does Hook come in at all or no? He does. Like Captain Hook? Yeah. Hook, Croc, like the crocodile. Ooh, and okay. then um, Smee. Smee, uh, oh Hook's. yeah, who's that? So she's I... she's a woman. Smee is a woman in this book, and she's like oh. Hook's right hand. Yeah, so it's it's really really good. And then like the it's cool the way she plays like the whole how he's afraid of Cro- of Croc. He has a hook, um, and how like like a ticking of a clock, the tick tick yeah. tick like it like irritates yeah. um Hook. So I love the oh, way yeah, like okay. she plays that, how she adds it in and like does her own little twist with it. Really Do they good. join the harem? I don't think so. But wow. I don't know. As of right now, there's no, there's nothing between Hook and, I don't think he's met her yet. Um, was that, are you done? I'm done, yeah. All right. Wow. You ready? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm nervous now to hear what you have to, like, what you have to say. Well, you know, like, when you really love something with, like, all your hearts, I don't know about you guys, but that's when I don't want to share things Are you talking, because I get anime? extremely nervous. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I, okay. I get so nervous because it's like, I love it so much that I don't want to share it because what if people don't like it or think it sounds dumb or I don't that's know. That's why I was with, with Dramini when I first started. I just oh. wanted to keep, keep it to myself in my little bubble. Yeah. All right. So. Buckle in, because this might be long. I'm not going to lie. I wrote down notes, because I, I was going to wing it, and then I was like, March, that is a terrible idea, because it's very complicated as a story, and you're going to mess it up. So, I did write notes. It's going to take a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, the first one, because yes, I'm cheating, and there's two separate stories I want to talk about. So, the first one is called Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, a cultivation, and then the, like, subtitle, is or, like... I don't know how you would call that, but like the second title is The Founder of Diabolism, also referred to in the community as MDZS. This is written by an author called MXTX. Um, so it's a Chinese Jiangxia novel. What that means is that it's a fantasy China. It's, so it takes place in a fantasy China set hundreds of years in the past. Um, and these stories are usually influenced by Chinese mythology and linked to Buddhism and Taoism. Um, and Qian Cha means, well, Qian means uh, immortal, and then the Cha means hero. So these stories are usually centered around either um, a character that is 
involved in cultivation, demonic cultivation, and on its on his way, usually it's his in this case because it's Danmei, so it's always M.M., um, his way to becoming a god, or he is a god um, because he's, like, reached a certain level of cultivation and stuff, so he's now a god. Or the other kind of story is um, he's just human, but um, he has cultivation powers. So... This one, MDZS, is the second one. So it's, he's human, but he has powers of, you know, to cultivate. This one, you might recognize the story if you've watched um, The Untamed on Netflix. It's the source material, if you will, for The Untamed. Um, however, what I watched was the Donghua, which the Donghua is the, the animation of that story. So, like, anime is the Japanese term, donghua is the Chinese term for animation. So, amazing, brilliant, beautiful, fantastic, highly recommend. But <laughs> the story is, it begins with um, our protagonist, who is called Wei Ying, also known as Wei Wuxian. Sorry, Wei Wuxian. The pronunciation is very hard. I'm working on it. I've been watching YouTube videos to make sure I get it right. Because Chinese is a tonal language. Mandarin Chinese is a tonal language, which is like the furthest from my language it could possibly be. Um, so I'm trying hard. Please bear with me. Um, so Wei Wuxian. And then um, we start with him. And he's just been resurrected into a new body. Um, he doesn't know why. He doesn't know who did it. And all he knows is, is that he's been dead for 13 years. And yet here he is um so the first season there's three seasons the first season mostly focuses on the past so we go back 16 years prior um to when Wei Ying was this like charismatic charming young guy um and he was sent to study at the cloud recesses for a year um so think of it as like a prestigious like Jedi Academy type place okay like people are sent there to you know study the art of cultivation yeah um so there he meets our love interest who is Lan Jan also known as Lan Wan Chi and Lan Jan is a whole Danny <laughs> okay is this the one in the white uh yes yeah okay. yeah so that's the like you know everyone from from uh, his clan, clan Lan, are dressed like that. Um, okay. And they have their, like, forehead ribbon thing, which has significance. It's like, you don't take it off unless you're in the presence of your fated love or, like, your fated person. Ooh. And it means, like, self-control. So, like, when it comes off, you can let yourself be a little, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> and there's a scene, there's a scene where Wei Ying doesn't know the meaning of it and he takes it off of him and my man Lan Jan just like <laughs> loses it. <laughs> but anyway, so they meet uh, there because Lan Jan is from the cloud recesses. Um, and at this point in the story, they're maybe like 17. I think Lan Jan may be a little bit older than Wei Ying, but that's kind of unsure. The ages are a little like, we don't really know. And he, Lanjan, is kind of viewed in the cultivation world as, like, this prime example of, like, the perfect cultivator. Like, already he's, like, highly regarded and respected by, like, other cultivators. So, um, in the cloud recesses, he's also the one in charge of carrying punishments because he's seen as, like, this level-headed guy. Oh. Um, and my man Wei Ying is a bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. So the cloud recesses are like, the joke is that they have like 600 plus 
rules like you can't walk too fast you can't talk too loud you can't drink alcohol you what? can't like barely you can't do anything yeah you, ha- you can't have fun okay? can you breathe and you can breathe right not if it, if you breathe too loud you know it's like <laughs> it's like very intense oh my God. and Wei Ying, i mean he's like he he's pretty fond of doing all of that <laughs> he's a bit of a wreck you know as a character he he's lovely i love him um but as you can see, this kind of creates a bit of a clash between them two because Lanjan is very, like, controlled and, like, internal and, like, would never show emotion and weighing is very, like, extra and, like, you know, having all the fun. Um, so he, weighing finds, like, immense pleasure in trying to torment Lanjan and, like, break his, like, cold facade. Um, and I think, like, secretly Lanjan kind of loves it because it's pretty obvious that he has had a pretty lonely life. I feel like no one's ever really tried to get close. Not that he would let them get close, but, like, I feel like no one ever tried to, you know, get close to him. Um, but Wei Ying is just his personality. He's, like, he refuses to give up, you know. He's just, like, poking at Lanjan until, like, he gets a reaction out of him. So sh- slowly but surely, they develop this kind of like soft little friendship-ish, but it's like, are they friends? Because like Lanjan would never, you know, let on anything, but like you can tell he's got a soft spot. Um, the two of them are thrown into a bunch of life or death situations, which in this world, it's like it's said that if you that this happens between people, it creates like bonds. Um, and so, you know, they start caring for each other, looking out for each other, protecting each other, um, but eventually their paths start to grow apart because Wei Ying, from the beginning, has always toyed with the idea of using resentment to fight resentment. So basically raising the dead and using their resentment as dead people to fight bad people. Oh. Um, yeah, and obviously that's, like, super frowned upon because that's, like, diabolism. Like, you don't go there. We're cultivators, not that, you know? So um, a war breaks out and stuff happens. There's a clan that tries to take over the other clans and the peace is broken. And anyway, a lot of spoilers happen and I can't say why, but Wei Ying ends, ends up having to tap into that dark side and he is he becomes the founder of Diabolism. <gasps> um, think of it as like Anakin Skywalker, okay? Like yeah. he he needed That's to right. tap into I know, the yeah. dark. Like <laughs> so intriguing. He he needed to tap into the dark to protect the ones that he loved because he thought that was the only way. Yeah. That's like exactly that story. Um and of course, there's a price to pay for that, and slowly but surely, he starts losing himself to it, and he becomes darker and darker, and weighing as the dark, the dark god is like, I love my men weighing, but like that was that was the moment. Okay, that was iconic. That was beautiful. I love it. Um, but he he loses himself to it, and and Lanjan sees that, and even even though up until this point Lanjan was still defending him, still protecting him, still caring for him, and looking out for him, even though he didn't agree, like fundamentally did not agree with what Wei Ying was doing, like he doesn't agree with using the dark arts that way. Um, he was still doing it, but there comes a point where he can't anymore and they literally guys they have a moment of it isn't too late come back to guzu with me 
my man weighing think he's just like so far down the dark path that he thinks Lanjan like hates him. He thinks he wants to bring him back to the cloud recesses to punish him and take his powers away. So he like refuses to listen. And that is the one and only time that Lanjan has ever willingly walked away from weighing and weighing dies. <gasps> Flash forward so... 13 years. Flash forward 13 years, present day. And you can imagine that Weying is like, okay, so I can't reveal to everyone that I have been re resurrected into this body because everyone hates me because I started killing people and I'm a bad guy. Mm -hmm. So he tries to like pretend he's like the dude that he, you know, inhabits. Um, who was the, the funny part is that that guy was like kind of seen as like a lunatic and like they call it a cut sleeves, which is basically like gay <laughs> yeah. everyone's like oh that that cut sleeves so like weighing is like kind of acting the role like he's kind of like okay well i guess this is who i am now anyways <laughs> um he quickly runs into older lanjan oh wait 13 years older yeah yeah Oh. Yeah, and you you know what's funny? When they were younger, they were about the same height, and then he was resurrected into a like shorter body. So now the height difference is pretty good. And and Weying in the book is like, I fucking hate that he's taller now. He's oh like, my god! Yeah. Anyway, so older Lanjan, who is like, if you thought he was a daddy before. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, and basically for 13 years, Lanjan refused to believe that the man that he loved was truly dead. He, even though he saw the body, he just couldn't bear the thought. So he just held on to that. He held on to every single piece of that man that he could possibly find. And so you can imagine that when he realizes right away that it's weighing in that body, there's a tell, there's like reason why he knows right away which you eventually find out what that is but he knows so you can imagine that he is never letting him out of his sight ever again oh my god and so he is hovering he is daddying he is always there always protecting always like i think like the first time around what got in the way was like his duty you know he didn't want to let that yeah. Um, like, he didn't want to let go of that for weighing, but, like, this time around, he's his priorities have changed, and he's like, no, this man is my whole life, and he's my one priority. I, like, to yeah. hell with duty. Anyways. Um, and, like, basically, the actual plot is that, <laughs> that they're investigating. There's these limbs, these, like, severed limbs that are possessed that are, like, turning up and... Weighing is not the one doing it. So they're like, someone is using diabolism that I created to then do it again. So, like, we got to figure out who the fuck is doing this. So that's that. Um, basically, it's super angsty. It's beautiful. Um, I said it, but the animation is stunning. I think it's, like, pretty... I feel like everyone agrees in the fandom and, like, even just people that watch Donghua and anime they agree that it's like a really beautiful animation like it's one of the best ones the story is super cohesive and like there's this thing about chinese um censorship which 
doesn't allow for specifically men-men relationship in particular to be like super explicit, but I find that they did it beautifully in the show. Like you could tell that it was done by people that love this story and wanted to respect it and make it as obvious as they possibly can. Like they don't kiss, but there's no like denying that there's love between these men. It's not like, oh, they're just really besties, you know? (laughs) It's like, no, they they really put in as much as they could. Um, But if you want the more explicit, NSFW version of them, uh, the novel does have sex. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I think I shared the meme. It's like, you know that, that meme where it's like pressing two buttons at once and it's like sweet loving relationship and then rough ass sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is this is this is them. This is them. Wow. Lan John is like he's he's self-controlled, but the moment that little strip of thing comes off, it's like he's a different meme. So anyway, Damn. yeah, so I'm reading the books. They're releasing in English slowly but surely. So I'm impatient and I cannot wait for more. Uh, I could read it online. <laughs> it's, a, it's a web novel. So the translations are online, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to ruin it for me. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting for good translations. So, okay. so did you read the, that. you read the novel first and then you watched the animation or you watched the animation? No, and, and no, I did the animation first and then the novel. And I feel like that's the best way to do it because it's like you get a clear picture of the story because it's much more linear in the show mm-hmm. than it is in the book. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so then going back to the book, it's kind of like a treat. So it's like you get everything that's great about this couple and then you get the little extra of like but here it's explicitly romantic (laughs) how did you discover this like what made you decide to watch something for real i don't know just the fate i don't i don't know i was i was i literally tweeted like oh i feel like books don't have angst anymore like where's the angst at like i need pain i need like people dying i need like you know, well, I mean, not obviously not staying dead, but like, you know, like the yeah. real threat of like someone could die, you know? Yeah. And then suddenly, like a few days later, I was on Amazon and this was in my recommended and I checked out the, the book and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I discovered that there's a Dunghua because I'm not interested in a live action. From my understanding, the live action is even more censored than the Dunghua. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Um, and also just like this kind of story with like magic and stuff. I feel like it just lends itself much better to animation than live action. But that's just my opinion. I mean, I heard that the, Net- was it wasn't Netflix, but like I heard the show that is on Netflix was really good too. But like, yeah, like you said, it was very censored. I don't know. I'm not that interested. Oh, also, oh, oh, Lanjan's voice, ladies and gents. <sighs> I, I love, I love a deep voice. But I have a question, and um, <clears throat> if it's too far away, you don't have to answer it. But uh, does he resurrect himself? How does he come back? No. So there's there's someone who wanted him back for a very specific reason. He doesn't know why he's been resurrected. So that's part of the mystery okay. of like. What's going on here? Why am I back? Anyways, I'll keep the other one for uh for after. I'll let someone talk in the meantime. But just know there's more <laughs> angst coming, even worse angst. So damn. Okay, Desiree. <laughs> All right. Um, my next book is Beneath the Lock by S.C. Simper. So this one is a sapphic monster romance featuring a people eating kelpie. Kelpie. Wow. She lives in a lock and a river. Like it kind of like connects. That's her lair. Yeah. Um, but it starts out with 
the main character, uh, Mabry. She is human, and she this actually starts when they're children. So she's wandering down to the river to play, and she falls in, and she can't swim. And the Kelpie girl comes and saves her. At first, she thinks like, "Oh no, I'm gonna get eaten," but no, it's cool. Just want, just want you to breathe. You're fine. We're good. Um, and they're like just talking as little kids talk. Like I don't know, just making childish chit chat. I don't know. I can't really remember it that well. But um, the the Kelpie, her name is Althea, and she, I, I think she, she wants. Mary to come back into the water to play with her, but Mary's like, ah, you just rescued me from drowning. I can't breathe underwater. And so Ophelia's like, well, I have, I can maybe help you with that. I've got these wish-granting powers, but you have to give something to me, something that's valuable. And so that valuable thing is a first kiss. Oh. And so. <laughs> oh. I mean, they're nine, so it's, it's like a pet. Oh. It's like a, just like a, 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 little, a little, don't worry. The, the wish granting gets better later on in the story when they're older. But, um, yeah, it's just like a little, a little innocent, you know, two kids. Just, whoop, yeah. Lips touched, we're done. But now Mary can breathe underwater. They become, like, best of friends. Like, every day Mary's going down to the river to play with Ophia and... This goes on for quite a while, but her, like, parents and, like, the villagers kind of are noticing that Mary's disappearing for periods at a time. It's like, what's she up to? Um, and they kind of catch her hanging out with the Kelpie down by the river. And, of course, they're like, shady devil, and get away from the Kelpie. She's going to eat you. Yeah. And it's, like, obviously not. They're best friends. The Kelpie would have eaten her ages ago if she wanted to so they they try they, they tear her away and try to kill the kelpie uh the, the local priest goes after her um the last that mary sees of her is her being shot at and like diving beneath the water and then later when the priest comes back uh like his hand is gone the kelpie ate it so good for her um but he said <laughs> He said that he shot her dead, so, like, Mary goes down to the river, calls for her, and she doesn't come back, so she believes that he was telling the truth. Yeah. She's really, really heartbroken over that, because that was her only friend, like, her only, like, really, really good friend. And then it kind of does, like, a time jump. She's, like, 18. And this rich guy comes to her village. He wants to buy her father's brewery also marry her i don't i don't really care about like the circumstances surrounding that because you're not supposed to be invested in this guy um or ever like him but the important bit is that mari does not want to marry him he is gross she's even if like she was into guys would not want to marry this one Mm -hmm. and so she goes down to the river she knows Althea's not there, but that was, like, her place of comfort as a child, so she's kind of going down there to process and, like, wrap her head around the fact that I have to marry this guy. Like, I don't have a choice. My parents didn't give me a choice. Uh, Althea kind of just popped out of the water, scares the shit out of Mari, because, I mean, she's a big, scary lady now, and she literally thought she was dead. Um, But they basically make arrangements that, like, hey, Althea's, like, if you 
give me something of value, I can take care of your would-be husband situation. And she doesn't elaborate how. Mari is like, okay, well, what are you thinking? And all the while, like, they're, you know, older. They're looking at each other a little bit differently. This Kelpie came out of the water bucket naked. And she's like, mm, that's a hot woman. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they're, 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 they're seeing each other as sexy beings yeah. and definitely interested. So when Ophia is like, give me your wedding night, Mari's like, what? what? But She's also into it. That's like, four words. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, I guess you could twist my arm. <laughs> she got, but she, but Ophelia's like, okay, you got to go through with the marriage, but I promise you, I'll, I'll, I'll show up before anything goes on. I'm coming to collect. Don't you worry. And so, Mari goes through with the wedding. So she after the wedding, she has to leave that very night. And her her now husband owns this boat and he's like going to take her off to wherever his distant land is. Yeah. And she's like, Oh crap. Uh, I didn't tell Ophia this. Uh, how is she going to find me? And she's like going, walking to the boat. Like she's walking to her doom. And she's like, Oh crap. I'm not getting out of this. Am I? And she opens the door and like her husband's like there on the bed, uh, from the waist down. He's eaten. The Kelpie is in the bed with him, nomming on his femur bone. Like, no. <laughs> she ate him. I was like, okay, I could die happy now. I don't care what happens the rest of this book. Oh, my God. She ate him. I'm so thrilled. Um, but, of course, we, we get the wedding night. So uh, they swim off to Ophelia's lair and sexy times ensue. I have a question. What does yeah. a Kelpie look like? Like, like face-wise? Like, does she still look human? Or did, was she, like, monstrous looking? That's a great question. Definitely, like, human-esque body, sharp teeth, yeah. like, needle teeth. Yeah. Like, a mouthful of them. Kind of like a maw. Glowing eyes. That's as far as what I remember from the book. Mm-hmm. But, like... Can we Google how it looks? Like, a... I'm, I'm Googling. Yeah. Wait, they're, like, horses? They're what? Yeah, they are. So, okay, this makes a lot more sense now because I didn't, I didn't Google a picture when I was reading this. But, uh, <laughs> so sometimes Ophelia is a scary lady with claws and teeth. Other times she's like this, I don't know, she almost looks like a, like a unicorn, like a bog unicorn, but without the horn. Like she's got like, like a uh, reedy, water-drenched, oh, okay. uh, like, mane and tail, and I was like... That's what comes up, like, first <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Are there other Kelpie romances out there? I genuinely do not know, but there must be. Homework for the listeners is to... Right. <laughs> Your job today, listener, is like every single thing we list, you have to go out there. And, <laughs> like, if you have Rex, you have to let us know. <laughs> All right. Well, and, and is that, I feel like that's a novella. Am I correct in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one's under 100 pages, too. Oh, okay. All right. Who's next? Oh, it's Yusuf, right? Me. All right. So this is my obsession um, for like a whole week. I couldn't put them down and okay fair warning I had a serious book slump 
like I was not reading for like I would say about a month and a bit because I just which is could... why we're only recording a catch up until now shut up okay <laughs> I had things on my list um anyways other honorable mentions but anyways so um yeah I just I couldn't find anything that could bring me out of it and then I was like you know what? let me try something totally out of left field I saw some fan art and I was like okay fine he's hot I'll try it out so what I'm talking about is the Maze, what is it, Maze of Shadows series by Catherine Ann Kingsley. And Yay! if you know her, you know she does her good, like, villain romance. She, done, she does villain romance every single time. She writes nothing but villain romance. I loved it. Anyways, okay. So basically the story starts off with um, Abigail, who's our main lead. Um, she's letting in an elderly man to, like, into her home. And then we discover, like, we already know at this point that he is the unseelie prince in disguise. And um, she is, like, she's known as a witch as well, like, a human witch. And she's, like, dabbling in magic, but she's not really, like, she doesn't have a good hold on it. And um, he's in search of a wife um, because of his grand scheme and decides to go to the human world to find one. Um, so he meets her, and he's instantly intrigued by her, and he's intrigued by, by, like, her struggles and, like, what she's going through and, like, how, like, much he can make her struggle um, and then she makes the uh, mistake of wishing for a home. Um, and our main man, the Unseelie Prince named Valroy, fulfills her wish um, by basically abducting her and taking her <laughs> to his uh, maze of shadows that he's known for. And it's part of the Unseelie Court. And he puts her into the maze, telling her that is her home and it's her fault she didn't specify what she meant as a home and so like there's monsters there she's like be gonna get eaten alive and like it's intense but he what is like an living. asshole yeah he's an asshole and he's like living for like her in pain he's like waiting for her to like you know beg for his help and she finds ways to get things like you know under control and we find out that he needs to become like he needs to marry to become the king of the unseelie so that he he could come into power and declare war on the Seelie as well as the humans. And, like, his life's mission is to destroy and murder and, like, enslave literally the world. Um, and he's just vile and cunning and, like, just unapologetically evil. And it was a pleasure to read about. Like, he had zero morals. He didn't value, like, any life whatsoever. There were some triggers. Like, I won't lie. I didn't know going in, like, some of the things that happened. And I was, like, not okay with it. So I had to erase what happened in my head. Um, but, like, I mean, I can mention it really briefly if you want to know. Or do you not want to know? Trigger warning for the, the yeah, sure. Yeah. For the okay. listeners in case. So he is, like like I said, he's vile, has no morals, literally doesn't have a moral compass whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's so not human, so. Sorry? He's not human, so he yeah, doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. live by our rules. Um, and he, she comes across Abigail, um, a scene happening in the, the maze and she sees a little boy there that's literally screaming and crying, you know, to, like, be set free. And Valroy is there with him and his goblins. And they basically hold her down and make her watch this little boy who wished that his, sister, his baby sister would die. Because apparently she wouldn't stop screaming and crying. So he wished that she would die. And obviously Valroy um, fulfilled that wish for the little boy. But the little boy not realizing that it was, like, going to actually come true. Um, he basically... Valor tortured him, ripped off his skin, 
boiled it, put it back on him, and he that's how you create goblins. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah, the and fuck? he sees nothing wrong with it. And she's like, you are like a monster. He was just a child. And they're all children that's holding her down and laughing because they all become like, they obviously are no longer human and they lose everything that made them human. And I was like, what the hell am I reading? Like, I left such a sour, like, taste in my mouth because I was like, I didn't expect kids to get involved. Um, so I moved past that scene and then I just kept going. But uh, other than that, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> How does he redeem himself in her eyes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah good, good question. question. <laughs> I mean, he's a villain through and through, guys. Like, yeah, I don't know, like, how else to describe him. Like, he makes no apologies. He learns love, obviously, for the first time with her. And, like, his definition, or I guess his perception of love is a bit skewed because of who he is and, like, how he was made. So, I mean, you can't go in expecting him to, like, you know, see the wrongdoings as much as, like, she tells him, like, what you're doing is wrong. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's a fun four-book series, despite that scene. Um, <laughs> the world is so rich and, like, so well-developed and, like, explored. And I love the mythology as well. Um, it was just a fun ride and I highly recommend it and Abigail really comes into her own and I loved seeing her progression as a character as well because events happen where she becomes something that she you know didn't start off in the beginning and we kind of see like this power play between the two and you get both POVs of both of them and then you also get some side character POVs and you also get to witness this beautiful romance between um uh, her friend, who is a Kelpie, and then oh, his like, cousin, a Kelpie, <laughs> yeah. Um, her friend, no, sorry, his, like, cousin slash, like, I guess, friend, who is, like, the sea monster. And, like, they're so cute. They're MM, and, like, they're just so cute and so well done that I wanted a book on them, but we didn't get one. But, yeah. I think it's a slow burn as far as the sexual content, oh isn't it? Because there's no sex until book three. And I love I loved the dedication at the start yeah. of book three, which is like, they fight. yes, they have sex in this one. <laughs> that is true. And let me tell you, their sexual tension? Intense. Yeah. And when they finally started, like, doing, like, sexual things, uh -huh. I literally felt like I was levitating. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is finally happening. It was like amazing. Like this, she really knows how to write some sexual tension. Yeah, I feel like she. That I read one series by her, um, and I feel like she toys with like the line a lot of like just how far she can push things. Like yeah. the one that I read, uh, what was kind of like iffy about it was that basically the hero um, kind of molded the heroine. Like he literally created her to his taste to make her his bride like his lover like he yeah so there was like no there was like no other option for her like she was literally created for him like he made her body the way that he wanted it so Ooh. it's a little like it, it toys with certain lines you know yeah Valor does a lot of like stupid like awful things but I yeah. like Abigail because she doesn't like take it you know like she no yeah she fights her, back. her heroines are always like super like strong-minded and they're yeah. like well you you created me for for you well fuck you i'm not having any of that <laughs> but this book like this series is all i'm pretty sure all of our other books too like it's the definition of like so what if i fall in love with the monster oh like, yeah who cares 
my turn. Um, yep. Okay, so for my next book, it's going to be a Dramini fic. Ooh, um, of course! Yes. <laughs> so it's uh, Various Storms and Saints by Viridiana T. Knight. Um, so it's a Dramini eighth year fic, post-war. Um, I was told that if I, if you wanted to read something along the lines to like Breathments and Battle Scars, to give yeah. this one a try. And toxic Draco. Yes. Oh. If you want some toxic relationship, like, you know, dive into this one. So I read it and... Desiree, I hope you're not like, what have I gotten myself I know. <laughs> I've listened to these before, so <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> I'm expecting angst. I'm expecting mess. Yeah. And for our... Um, for our uh, feminine... Or not feminine... Feminist sensibilities to go out yes. the window. Yes. Out the window. Yes. <laughs> um, so this one, it was, it had that toxic aspect, but how Breathmints and Battle Scars was with Draco, I felt like it was toxic. That Dramini, um, Hermione was toxic in this one. Oh. So I feel like it was like a flip on that. Um, yeah. And, okay, so it starts off where many students come back for their eighth year, um, and Hermione seems to be struggling uh, to move on from the war. She feels alone. She feels isolated. She doesn't really have like a strong relationship with her friends anymore. Um, and she's also been keeping a secret from everyone where um, that being that the wound that she received from Bellatrix isn't healing and mm. it's causing her like immense pain and it's wait that's exactly breathments though it is but it's flipped <laughs> so in breathments okay. it was draco and he had his mark and it was like eating him alive and like killing him yeah and this one okay, right her blood mud blood wound is killing her so basically the wound is it's not healing and it's actually poisoning her mm. and she's like she just doesn't understand why she's not telling anyone but um in order for her to, like, numb the pain, she drinks a lot of alcohol. She's, like, always, like, drinking. She's out of it. Um, and the only way for her to stop feeling pain is when she touches Draco. <laughs> <laughs> so she feels she feels no pain. She, like, forgets that her, her wound is even, like, hurting her. And Draco's just, like, confused, but then he's going with it because he's always had a thing for her. So he lets himself basically be used whenever she wants him. He's there, and, like, they, like, start a relationship. Um, it's rocky at first, and they keep it a secret. So is this, like, Marge's favorite trope where, like, fuck me or I die? <gasps> yeah. Love that trope. Basically, but it does it No, too. because she's still... I mean, it's, she wouldn't die. It's just, it's just, it's a, a helps a forget, like a moment of like, forget about the pain and stuff. So okay. it doesn't, they fuck and it doesn't save her. Um, okay. So like him and her fucking, it doesn't heal her. It, just, it doesn't like, heal her. It's just, pain? it stops the pain for a little oh, bit, okay. but until okay. it, it, it helps. It's like a remedy for a little while, but then things get more complicated. He's. He starts to find out, like, something is wrong with her. She's not the same person anymore. And then he notices, like, the wound. And then he, like, spends a lot of time trying to help her and save her. So is he a good guy here? Like, is Draco good here? He's this... Everybody hates him because of what he's done prior, right? But he tries. Yeah. He tries for her. 
and only for her. But everybody else sees him like an asshole. Like they, Ron, Ron, Ginny, come out in this one. Harry, he comes out too, but he's, I think he's studying to be an R in this one, I believe. Okay. Um, but uh, Ron in this one, like he's a fucking asshole. Like we fucking hate Ron in every single fanfic. He's always horrible. Horrible. But in this one, I feel like he's like it's, it's intense. Like you fucking hate him. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really emotional. It's toxic. Um, it's angst. It's angsty, self destructive, but it's really good, and it ends on a happily ever after. And it's nice for a change that it's the woman that's toxic. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a nice change. I like a nice change. refreshing take. Of course, that was going to be Hermione on your list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we look forward to it every single time. <laughs> I'm waiting for like the Raylo fanfic, you know, for that to be on your list. Sam, continue, Marge. It's your turn. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so the, the next, uh, thing on my list is Heaven Officials Blessing, uh, also by MXTX. Um, this one, you can also find it, uh, if you look for TGCF, um, which is the Chinese title. So this story, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, as much about this story as I do Grandmaster, because Grandmaster have obviously, like, seen the whole story play out. This one, there's only one season so far on Netflix. Um, I don't think I said, but Grandmaster, you can watch it on YouTube with oh, okay. English subtitles. Um, you just, there's a chat, like, the literally the, the production company has a ch- YouTube channel, and you just pay for the membership. It's, like, $3, and then you have access to all their content. Um, but they do make the first episode free, so you don't, like, you can just watch the first episode, decide if you like it or not, and then, yeah. So this one is on uh, Netflix. Um, this story, um, it's actually, so I don't know if you remember, but I, the, the xianxia, you know, trope, uh, one of them is, like, human with powers, and then the other one is, like, uh, has cultivation powers and is becoming a god or is a god. This one is that. So um, our main character, um, Xie Lian, is a god. He's ascended for the third time, which is like super rare. Um, but he's a crown prince. And before he was banished from heaven the first time, he was kind of known for like being the most powerful or one of the most powerful martial gods in existence. Um, but after banishment, he was given a cursed, like, or cursed shackles, which dampened his power. Um, and the second time he ascended, he ascended in, like, a fit of rage, and he was, like, breaking shit left, right, and center, and, like, trying to kill people. (laughs) And then they banished him again. He literally stayed there for, like, three hours, and then they banished him again. Um, and now he's back, so he's ascended for the third time, and, um, now he's kind of seen as an embarrassment, like, he's seen as a failure, he's not as powerful as he used to be because of the shackles, so yeah, so you can imagine that the heavens are not particularly happy with him being back yet again, um, but, uh, because he's destroyed so many things and just, like, the power surge that comes from his ascension, him ascending is, like, it breaks shit in the, <laughs> in the heavenly empire or whatever you would call it, the heaven realm. Um, so basically everyone's pretty mad with him and, uh, he's got a debt to pay because, you know, he's been breaking shit. So they send him on a mission um to pay back because he as he's like a god with no 
followers. Like, nobody believes in him. Nobody is praying to him. Nothing. He has, he has no shrine, no nothing. So he's, like, ridiculous in everyone's eyes. So they send, send him on this mission in the, the mortal realm where um, brides have gone, has have been going missing. Um, there's this, like, I think they call it the, the ghost groom or something that, like, captures brides and then we don't know what happens to them afterwards. So he's sent to investigate and my man cross-dresses. He's like, all right, I'm going to dress as a bride. Which I'm like, how did that make it through Chinese uh, censorship somehow? Like a cross-dressing man, but whatever. We're happy for it. Um, so he dresses as a bride and then he goes in like the carriage thing. And then there's like the whole like walk, you know, because they have to walk for a really long time and blah, blah, blah. It's a whole like um, uh, ritual happening um and before he gets to where he's going he's stopped by Hua Chong who is just one of the most amazing men you will ever encounter in your life um but he's known as um Crimson Rain Sought Flower also he is a ghost king so one of the ghost kings um, so he's not technically alive, um, but, uh, he's the guy, I don't know if you, you'll remember, he's the guy that dresses in red. I sent, like, like, images of him. He has, like, the eye patch he's missing oh, yeah, eye, yeah, yeah. and, like, he has the long black hair, and, like, yeah, he's particularly hot. Like, kind of like a hot pirate, but, like, make a ghost? I don't know. Anyway, he's also, like, kind of a gambler, like, I don't know, it's a, it's, he's kind of, like, mobster-esque. It's a whole thing. Anyways... Um, so he stops him and, um, I feel like that's all I can really say as far as the plot for that one. Like, um, Hua Chong has different skins, ghosts in this world. It's not like a ghost ghost. I mean, he can, if he wants to like be like a ghost, but they, it's basically like more like zombie-esque. Like, oh, it's okay. just like they can use different skins and like make themselves appear differently um and so he does encounter uh Shelian again later on in a different manner and then from there a story happens but um this one like you know Lanjan waited 13 years for the man that he loves his dead lover to come back to him this man Hua Chong waited 800 years okay <laughs> this is like 800 years of yearning and the level of devotion is unmatched okay it's like basically Xilian is like you live for 800 years like of course you're gonna do bad things eventually like it's just not sustainable like you can't just be a good person for that long you've seen horrible things you've endured way too much you've seen too much pain you've delivered too much pain there's been wars etc etc but at the core of him he's just like a beautiful human being or i guess a beautiful godly being who just like wants what's best for the world like he wants to help the people and and hua chong comes from a background of being extremely poor and and like when he was a young boy he literally tried to, to commit suicide because he was like, I can't do this anymore. And he was saved by Xilian. So um, he's made his entire life about making sure that that man like survives and like goes on to, to do what he set, set, set out to do. And like just uh, he 
like built shrines and anyway he's just he's not above like doing horrible ass shit killing people torturing people if it means that Shalian won't have to do it you know so it's just beautiful and the like Shalian is like not he's he's kind of what you would call like a very un reliable narrator because he's lived so long that he hides a lot of stuff from the reader and I think he hides a lot of stuff from himself like just coping mechanism mechanism of just like forgetting shit that he's done or that have been done to him to like go on so anyway it's uh, again beautiful story very angsty I know some of the spoilers that are gonna happen and it's like the kind of spoilers that make you go I don't know that I want to put myself through this <laughs> so yeah very angsty more more angsty than than Grandmaster but yeah so um you said only one season's out right now do they have plans to do other seasons or yeah season two is coming yeah okay yeah yeah but I'm reading I'm I'm reading the second book right now so that's exciting for me because it's like all new stuff because I, I watched the Donghua again first and then read the first book which was not new material but this second book is and I'm like really freaking enjoying it so are the novels also more explicit or is that it, it hasn't developed to that point yet is it more slow burn uh this series was written after 2017 which is when the censorship laws really got worse in China from my understanding anyway so um mdzs was uh explicitly sexual this one i don't think it is but it's heavily implied i mean the romance is like as you would expect it's just like the sexual content this maybe not as explicit but i have heard that my manchelian is into cream pie so oh, oh. <laughs> just throwing that out so <laughs> just throwing it that out <laughs> We love a good cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> What's next on your list, Desiree? I think I'm going to do Wicked is the Reaper by Nisha J. Tooley. This one is a fantasy romance with some darker elements. Uh, it's got, like, <clears throat> Laura Colasso vibes. So, like, the enemies to lovers dynamic in uh, Wicked is the Reaper is very similar to what you might get in the Four Horsemen book. Oh. It gets pretty vicious. So, like, just a heads up for listeners, like, there's a kidnapping and there's a cage. Oh, Ooh. nice. We love a cage. <laughs> <laughs> One of the books that I read has a, has a cage involved, so that's good. Oh, cool. I love how you said that, S. <laughs> <laughs> there's a tie in here. Cages. <laughs> All right, so it... The main character, Rowan, is a princess in a kingdom, sorry, MF, it's an MF romance. Um, the female main character, her name is Rowan. She's the firstborn daughter in a royal family, um, but her kingdom has been colonized by the Fae. And so they've got, like, some leadership. I don't know, I don't know how much, like, control that they have. They might be more, like, figureheads. Um, but she and her people kind of, like, are beholden to the laws and the rules of the Fae, and in, in their whatever, it's like, you gotta marry for duty, not for love, and so there's this, like, whole little hunting ceremony contest thing that helps decide who her husband's going to be, 
So basically, the I don't know, the suitors of the kingdom uh, have to go and try and hunt down the biggest stag, whoever hunts the biggest stag and brings it back, gets to marry her. And her childhood friend, I don't remember what his name is, but he's also, nobody cares about We him. never don't remember. We don't about care about it's childhood friend. He's basically a shoe-in. He's, like, been training his whole life. Like, I, he's, like, the best hunter in the kingdom. He's yeah. going to win her hand, whatever. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's sampled the good. She knows how he is in bed. She's like, mm, okay, we'll make it work. But she's like, nah. She's not into the whole, like, I have to do this. She wants, she's definitely bristling under the fact that she's gone there for duty. Yeah. Her and her family, they're outside the castle. They're watching this hunt take place. They're going into the forest, and one by one, they're bringing out stags, one bigger after the other after the other. And her best friend, or her childhood best friend, is the last one out. And obviously, he brings the biggest one, and her family's cheering, and she's like, Yay, I guess. Cool. <laughs> and then <laughs> the reaper of the forest Ooh. comes out with the biggest stag of all. Surprise, surprise. Uh, he's got, like, a dark, yeah, dark robes and mm. this, like, skull face mask and broody and, you know, okay. hot man. Yeah. Hot man coming out of the woods. And he, like, dumps it, and he's like, I won. And everyone's, like, flying to, like, oh, trying to get the scribes and the people who, like, know the law. And they're like, find a loophole, find a loophole. <laughs> she can't marry the reaper. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, obviously, there's no loophole. So he's like, all right, you're coming with me. And he doesn't, like, try to play nice. He kind of, like, grabs her arm, and he's dragging her off into the horse right in front of her parents, her whole family. He is not nice the the entire walk to his uh, castle lair. Like, he's just dragging her. Her, like, feet are blistered up, and, like, he doesn't slow down. He's not like, are you okay? He don't care. He's just dragging her off. S, I know you're squealing internally. <laughs> so he brings her to his lair, and it's, it's a whole castle that's decrepit. He only uses a part of it. So he takes her to his special little room that makes it sound really bad yeah. but <laughs> okay okay i'm gonna try and make it sound a little less terrible there's like a little kitchenette a little uh dining room table there's this yeah. pot and then there's a cage nice <laughs> um and she sees it and she freaks out like as we all would and he just shoves her inside like he doesn't even like just you know like okay get in there and he's just can get in there and she's like ah and she hits the wall it's not nice <laughs> it's not nice and he like locks her in there um eventually she finds out that she's ogre bait he's using her to catch what is the true reaper which is i guess like an ogre that is terrorizing the forest um just lost princess blood so that's why he picked her um he has no interest in her for any kind of romantic reasons so the first time he takes her out to be bait, he's like, ah, it's snowing out. It's so cold. Like, he isn't even, like, he doesn't even give her, like, a coat or a blanket. He just chains her in the snow. And it's like, are you going to keep her alive? Are you going to try and prevent hypothermia? Are you going to try and prevent frostbite? Because she could die before the ogre comes. But no, it's just like. Do, does the ogre 
care though? D- does it care if its its food is a little cold? I don't think so. No, that, you know that that that's fair. Maybe not. Maybe not. Is okay. Sorry. Is the this guy? Is he like human or is he fey? What is he? Because you said he's not the real reaper. Right. We don't know yet, but we will find out at the end. Oh. Oh. Okay. It's not super like. It's not going to blow your mind. Yeah, oh. say. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad. I, I can't. I couldn't, ha- I couldn't hold it in. Um, it's fine. But she's lying in the snow. She's got, like, this flimsy silk dress on, silk slippers. Like, definitely not prepared for cold weather. Yeah. And she's, like, losing feeling in all her limbs, and she's kind of about ready to pass out <clears throat> from exposure. And, like, she kind of gets, like, the sense that there's like something like with hot breath like breathing down her neck and like oh I think I might get eaten by the ogre now but she's just so she's in such a rough shape that she's just not even it's like this would be a mercy at this point yeah um and when she uh she so she goes unconscious and when she comes to she's back in um his name's Wicked his actual name is Wicked oh. it's Wicked is the reaper he's not the reaper oh and, I get it <laughs> Okay, okay. So Wicked <laughs> So Wicked brought her back. I guess he got cold he got cold feet about letting the ogre eat her, but he also didn't catch the ogre like he wanted to and escaped. He like nurses her back to help, like he cooks her a real nice dinner, so fun fact, he's a great cook. Um <laughs> We love a man that can cook. Yeah. And gradually he, like, starts treating her a little bit better. I mean, he still keeps her in the cage for a while, but, like, he, he actually, like, cleans it out. Like, he sweeps it out for her. He gives her, like, some blankets, some He gives her a so pillow. He... Yeah, yeah, you know, like, some creature comfort. <laughs> and then, like, he'll let her out to eat dinner with him, like, across the, a, the table and whatnot. And she's, yeah. like perfectly vicious you'll love her because she's like plotting escape every time uh she gets a fork in her hand a knife like yeah. she's plotting to stab the shit out of him but like she's definitely planning every step of the way how she can get the upper hand in every situation yeah which makes it and which makes it for me like i love a love or i love a main character that gives their love interest as much, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. Give and take is on even playing field. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. not really even because she's in a cage, but she <laughs> she's definitely um, she's definitely trying. <laughs> and stabbing him, killing him is not off the table for her. Love that. And so I guess like as things go, like he's less terrible. He starts seeing her as like a a sexy woman that he maybe wants to get to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, like, isn't as strict with, like, the captivity. He, like, lets his guard down. And, like, the second time they go out, she's, like, somewhat willing to be overbait. Uh, so she's not, like, putting up a fight, but she's, like, take my chains off. I'll sit here and I'll be good. And, and so he pulls. takes and he takes her, her, her cage off, and she's like, and she's like, and he's like setting up the cage for the ogre, and like setting the bait, and like when he's you know very focused on that, she just closes him and locks him in the cage, and he 
person. <laughs> and because he is the creator of the cage, he created a failsafe. Oh, so God. when he's coming out of that cage, he's chasing her down, and we get a good chase scene, and he tackles her no. to the ground, and they're like, hate you, but I fucking want to fuck you. And it's just so Damn. weird. Just, oh, oh, it's just, the chemistry is yeah. not chef kiss. It's, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. And, um, yeah, the book is just a progression of less captivity, more love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seth? Okay, I feel like I'm just... <laughs> And now I'm not going to be as exciting. I should have started with this first. Um, okay. So I decided to, like, go. So this was originally on my list um, before my long um, book slump. Um, and it is uh, two books by the same author. So I'm kind of cheating, but not. I'll just talk really briefly about them. Um, so the first one is A Deal with the Devil and then The Devil and the Deep Blue Sea by Elizabeth O'Rourke. And these are contemporary romances. So bear with me. Yeah, so basically the first one, which is um, A Deal with the Devil, um, it starts off with a girl named Tali, I think her name's like, her full name's Natalie or something, um, and she decides to help a friend out and um, become this uh, surgeon's assistant, which is like her friend's job, but then he left and he's like adopting um, a child with his partner, so like they needed someone to step in. Um, and so obviously the surgeon is the main man, and he's an uber asshole, he is like just awful, like, awful, awful guy, and, um, he just expects her to quit soon, because, like, he knows that she probably won't be able to handle it, and, um, he's known to be, like, a womanizer, and, like, it starts off, so, like, this is, like, I was okay with it, because obviously they had no romantic relationship at all, like, he had women, like, every single day, and, like, she'd be, like, the assistant that had to, like, kick them out, um, and it's super slow burn, like, there's no romantic feelings until, like, as, like, the story naturally progresses, um, and, like, you realize, like, their relationship, it runs a lot deeper, and it was just really good, like, enemies to lovers dynamic, like, again, the uber slow, like, slow burn romance, uh, the guy was hella hot, like, I loved him, he was British, um, he's just hot, and then the second one, um, which was The Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, it, um, has the main girl, her name's Drew, and she's actually Tali's bestie, um, and we get, like, kind of, like, her backstory in the first one, and then we find out in this one she's vacationing with her ex, who's, like, this guitarist, I think, and, um, she's also a celebrity, so this is, like, something where I'm, like, I don't really like celebrity romances, but she's, like, the way that it, ha like, it's not the focal point at all, and, like, so she ends up vacationing with her ex's family, um, because she promises to give him another chance, um, because he asked for it, and it's, like, more like the hundredth chance or whatever. Um, so, of course, he's not there, because I think he got arrested or something like that, and so, uh, who is there is his older brother, um, and his name's Joshua, so we got another Josh on our hands, um, and he's just, like, super hot, and I think this one really stood out for me, because in this one, it's more, like, the girl that's tortured and not the guy, and, like, she's the one that, like, needs to learn how to trust and, like, you know, be that person for someone, whereas, like, you know, we're so used to seeing, like, the guy being the one that's broken and, like, in need of, like, you know, seeing the value in humanity again, um, so, yeah, I really liked the, this, these two, and, like, they were just done so well, both super slow burn romances, so if you're into that, Highly recommend. 
Um, and yeah, they're just fun and they're funny as well. So if you're looking for angst, humor, slow burn, great romance, well-balanced characters, it's still fun. I love contemporary romances still, guys. I'm still in them, okay? I feel like contemporary romance on this podcast is a hard sell. It's like, you really gotta, you really gotta work. <laughs> but I, like, I, I think they're sometimes they're great for, like, palate cleansers, you know? Like, yeah, sometimes they are. they're, like, for me at least, like, you know, there's only, like, so much of, uh, not to know, it's a lie. I love alien dick. I love monster dick. I love all dicks. Oh, my gosh. Please delete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not deleting that. Why? Oh my god! Why would I? I'll just stop talking. I think that's our intro. That's gonna be our intro. <laughs> Is that gonna be the episode opener? Yeah. That's that should be yeah. on a T-shirt. It's like, I love all dicks. <laughs> yeah, you guys should start a merch line. Absolutely. Anyways, <sighs> coming <Stop>. soon. <laughs> we love all dicks T-shirts and mugs. Whatever you want, you can get it on anything. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yes. Okay, so for my next book, it's gonna be another Germani fic. Ooh. And this one takes place during sixth year. Um, it's it's not finished. It's a work in progress. And I'd like to point out that I've hold I held off from reading this fic because it wasn't finished, and then I tweeted mm. about it. The author is at the time was on a hiatus, like an indefinite yeah. hiatus. And oh. I tweeted about how I was going to start it or I wanted to start it. Um, and then like a few hours later, the author ended up updating the story. And like, you so I feel her. like I like manifested that I put that out there yeah. into the universe. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Okay. So you know how in the Half-Blood Prince, Harry becomes obsessed with Draco and... Uh, believes that he's a Death Eater. That's how this fic starts off. Um, Harry obsessed with Draco and Hermione. Hermione's just kind of like, I think you're, you know how it goes in like the movie. I haven't read the books, but in the movie, like I, th- I don't think he's a Death Eater. I think you're just over like obsessing with him. But she starts to pay attention to Draco because she starts to notice that he's acting different. Um, and it has to do more than the suspicions that Harry has. Um, she notices that he's more withdrawn. He leaves early for meals. He skips classes once or twice a week. Um, his sleeves are always rolled down, so you can't, they can't tell if he has a mark or not. But one day she notices that he has bruises on his wrist. And she starts to think like maybe uh, his dad, Lucius, is like hurting him, or maybe it's self harm. Um, but. Uh, one morning she ends up walking by him and she gets this like smell of like this chemical smell and like she kind of like stops like dead in her tracks and like she looks at him and he's drinking tea and in his tea he has his tea has wolfbane and comes to turn out that Malfoy is a werewolf he got werewolf Draco. Yeah, um, he got bitten. And he nice the werewolf, and then the bruises are when he needs to chain himself during the full moon. In a cage? No, not in a cage. <laughs> well, not, not this one. No, not in a cage. So once she finds out that he's drinking wolf Spain and he's a werewolf, um, she becomes obsessed with him and starts to spy on him and follow him around. And then one thing leads to another. 
she ends up becoming his paramour. Paramour, I think it's. So it's kind of like his, his, there's this little thing. Let me read it. These creatures are known to attach themselves to others whose auras and pheromones align with their own, though not common knowledge in the wizarding world. Werewolves almost always try to make these individuals as their own, known to the few of us who study it as paramours. Many are familiar with this term and it and its connotations. The chosen mate of a werewolf is known as a paramour because of the precariousness of such a position. Though no werewolf would ever seek to kill its paramour, it is more often than not the inevitable outcome of such a bond. Mm. So she becomes his paramour and they're freaking out. They're trying to find ways to cut that connection and that bond. And they try it and they end up hurting themselves. Like it ends up, he freaks out and he's like, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Like, stop. Like, and he ends up leaving. And then I guess in order for them to break that connection, if they do that, they both die. Um, oh, so. Okay. So they end up trying to find a way to work things out um, and like keep their relationship hidden. She tries to help him with his wolf spain um plant and does this kind of work into the fuck or die trope i feel like it's edging it it um yes kind (laughs) of like it's it's a really complicated story because they need to they need to be yeah i think yeah they have in order for them to not feel pain and then in order for them to grow stronger and stuff they need to be around each other they need but they resist it like they Mm. as much as they can like they resist until they're like okay like we need to just accept it you know um yeah but there's like there's manipulation there's mind games there's a jekyll and hyde vibe as well Uh, there's like the struggle of keeping the relationship hidden um and you know how the, how it says like they're not like they can't hurt their paramours um okay. he ends up hurting her like he almost kills her <gasps> and yeah so so there's draco and then there's his werewolf being right and it's two completely different people like it's not like he fights it a lot so he's not like attached to like his whatever his werewolf form is. So it's like two yeah. different people, and that werewolf form tries to manipulate the whole situation. Like a lot of shit happens to the point where she almost dies, where Draco almost kills her without him knowing. It's the the werewolf. Um, Damn. But it's it's really good. It's uh, it's dark. It's emotional. Is it a long fic? Yeah, it's, it's not done yet. It's so not she, done yet. You it's, can't really. Yeah. But it's it's a pretty it's it's yeah, and then and then there's there, I love it because there's there's a, a moment where Harry is is still like obsessed with him right, and then it gets to the scene where he ends up giving him his that scar in his chest where they're fighting in the restroom. Yeah, so um he ends up getting her and Hermione like comes in and like tells him like if he dies like I'll kill you, type of thing like. So I I really love that that she's like willing to like um kill her own friend for Draco. Um so my next book is Quiver and Quill by AM Core oh. um which is basically um moth professor is dating you <laughs> cuz you are the heroine in the story. So it's an. I think I mentioned her Grinch and 
Guile. Wait, no, it wasn't Grinch and Guile. Was it Grinch and Guile? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, in a previous Catch Up and Chill, but that was like a shorter, like Christmassy novella type book. Um, this one is a full length novel. Um, and yeah, basically this heroine who is you, you are human, uh, and you are starting to attend this university as a graduate student. You're in the library one day. Uh, I think you're looking for books. It feels so weird to say that way, but you're looking for books, I think. And, um, in this library, you encounter a, um, gorgeous mothman, uh, who's a little arrogant. He's a little, like, cold and not easy to approach, you know? And um, basically, you're shitting on your uh, mythology professor, which you <gasps> haven't met yet, but you're like, he sounds like such a fucking asshole, like, blah, blah, blah. He sounds like he has a, a stick up his ass, blah, blah, blah. And little do you know that you are talking to your future professor. Ooh. Um, yeah, so things don't start off all too great uh, between you and him, um, but uh, classes start, you realize your error pretty quickly, you're like, oh fuck, I really <laughs> messed up this time, um, and you send in your first essay, and this boy, this man, this whole man, is like, did you plagiarize this? <laughs> Because he's like, there's you hate mythology from what I know, so I I don't I can't believe you would write this. Oh, so he has you help him uh, with his course load, like he, he you're helping him with like research stuff or whatever, like grading papers. I don't know something like that. Okay. Anyway, you end up spending a lot of time in his office, and uh, one thing leads to another, and as we like to say, one thing leads into another, and um, sex on desks happen um as it naturally does this moth guy is Hung. pretty hot his name is gideon i don't think i said that. Uh, his i name love is gideon. gideon and uh basically he's like grayish blue um and he's fuzzy all over um his <laughs> dick too <laughs> he's got antennas and wings and um a pretty uh, interesting looking dick, but what's really interesting is that moths have these like oh I don't remember the the proper name for them, but these like thingies for pheromones, these like tentacle things for pheromones, and he's got that, and they come into play if you know what I mean, where they like twist in certain ways and he's like oh. you can take all four um, anyways <laughs> it's wow. great i love it it's very mythology heavy so if you like that stuff then you'll love this the writing is great i really freaking loved it i haven't like when i read this it was like probably a month ago at this point if not a month and a half ago yeah but um i remember being like oh my god i haven't felt this giddy reading a book in a while like giddy. it was just like pure excitement of just like oh my god he's in the library and she doesn't know that he's a professor and like it was just so great like the tropes were so well executed um and what i love about this world like the way i would describe it is if you've read laura olympus Oh, okay, you yeah. know how, like, people have, like, colors? Like, they're, like, pink or yellow or blue. Like, this was kind of, like, what I was visualizing while reading this because, you know, there's, like, 
fays or fairies or uh, that's not what they're called but they're like pink like fully pink or he's fully like grayish blue or there's like fully green people and it's like just picturing that was so much fun of like imagining colored people and like random ass like colors like that so anyways it was really fun and I enjoyed it thoroughly and I cannot wait for book two yeah oh wait book two is gonna follow the same couple or no it's about a different couple um this time around from my understanding anyway you are romancing some kind of um demonish uh ceo nice his name is eden and he sounds oh he's a wait is the male the succubus or the incubi he's that and uh he he looks like he has a pretty funky tail and I know for a nice. fact that there's tail play in that book, so. Question, my question. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the moth has wings, yeah. right? Mothman yeah. has wings. If they are touched or stroked, is does he feel any sexual pleasure, pleasure or was that not explored? Do you know what? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I don't remember the wings that much, but they really weren't the, the star of the show. It was the, the pheromone thingies oh, okay. that were really, yeah. Uh, Okay. A big yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> a, ma- a massive yes <laughs> from me. Do they do anything other than, like, they're dexterous and they get to touch all the fun places? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah. uh, do those pheromones create extra sensations? Uh, do anything special? I don't know that that his I don't know that his actually produce, like, pheromones. I think it's just how it's explained. But maybe they do. I I don't remember. I just remember them being more like tentacle like. Oh, okay. But he's also he so he's half moth, half fey. So he has a more like human like appearance where he still has the antennas and the wings and the everything, but like those thingies, those tentacle thingies are his like when he goes fully moth. Nice. That's when they appear. Oh. That kind of reminds me a little bit of Rain and At Nomen when he just like his tentacles emerge out of his. Oh, like, I need to read stuff. that. <sighs> yeah, the art is amazing for that series. Yeah, I I have a folder in my phone of just like images from that that web comic because I'm like that looks that's it's gorgeous. beautiful. Let's just like look at that man. Yeah, you know I've never read a book in second person before, but like this has been on my TBR and I. Makes me want to like. All right, maybe I should go read this right after we record. I haven't either, so like I'm curious to see how. It yeah, I love him. He's like, he's he's another one of those like I'm super serious all the time and would never like let you see that I'm interested type of guy. But there's one scene where uh, you're like studying. It's like 3 a.m. You're studying for some exam and he calls you because he's a moth. So like his sleep pattern is like totally yeah. different from yours. And and you're like, it's 3 a.m. Why are you calling me? And he's like, it's 3 a.m. Why are you not sleeping? And then you tell him that you're studying. So he drops by with hot chocolate and Aww. some kind of pastry. And no, but the the kicker is he this whole ass man brings his own coaster to your apartment because he knows you don't have coasters and he can't bear to put things on on Aww. stuff without a coaster. So he brings his whole ass coaster. I was like, somehow that's the sexiest yeah. thing I've ever that read. Is such I don't know why. An epic detail because like he knows you. He knows you. Yeah. He noticed you don't have coasters, and he just can't bear to, for so you to cute. not have a coaster. So he's like, I'm bringing yeah. my own. 
I love a stoic character though, because the the payoff of when like that stoicism is finally like broken. It's just yeah, so, so good. Agreed. Or like the heroine still hasn't quite figured it out, but like as the reader, you're like, he clearly yeah. fucking loves you. Like he's doing all these things for you, but you still can't yep. see it. Oh, that's just amazing every single time. Anyway, so what's last on your list? Uh, Dolce Monstrum by L. Porter. It's uh, a collection of eight stories, actually. Um, they're all either monster romance or a queer romance. A lot of them are great for fans of erotic horror. Ooh. And you get, um, like, across these eight stories, you get a variety of male and trans mask relationships and, like, their delicious monster encounters. So it's like a bunch of meat cutes, basically. I mean, not every single one is that. They're, they're, oh, okay. But, like, the first couple are, like, monster meat cutes um, that are also scary and sexy. I'm not going to go through each one, but, like, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about a couple of them. So, like, the first one is, like, a demon possession. Oh, a, a demon possession happens during banging in front of a carnival funhouse mirror. What? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so the main character of that works at a carnival, and one of, uh, like, first day working at the carnival gets paired up with another person who's been there longer, being shown the rope. Um, after hours, they're kind of just hanging out, just talking, they're hitting it off. Um, one thing leads to another, they wind up in the carnival funhouse. Um, and while they're banging in front of one of the, like, funhouse mirrors, like, a, a demon comes out and possesses the character. <laughs> but it's a fun time. It's just one time. Little freaked out. Little freaked out. But um, it was an explosive moment. Much pleasure was had. <laughs> These stories, I love them. The writing is so good. It's so bonkers. And it, and it's definitely like the perfect blend of sexy meets scary, which is kind of just my catnip. See, for me, like, demon, is it demon possession? Or, like, he, they get possessed by a demon, right? Yeah, honestly, that scares the shit out of me, like, just the idea of it. I was scarred as a kid with Constantine, like, you know, the movie? Like, I, like, vividly yeah. remember that scene where, like, someone was possessed, and, like, they put a mirror over the bed, and, like, the demon went in. Anyways, all this to say that I was so scarred for life, I cannot watch any, like, demon possession stories. So, like, I, I don't know if I'd want to read this, but I'm kind of, like, intrigued enough to maybe try. Maybe you need to. Maybe you need to overcome that fear of yours. I mean... <laughs> erotica is always the way to go true make it horny make it horny (laughs) that should be another t-shirt make it horny you'll get over it (laughs) yeah i will (laughs) conquer your fears like like with spiders and reading like the tiffany robertson snare series (laughs) yeah yeah just bang it it'll be fine (laughs) um well i should say that like so the demon possession wasn't a complete surprise. So, like, when the main character and, like, their love interest make the decision to hang out that evening, they, like, get in the car and they go to Sonic together. And um, 
that Love Interest is like, okay, this is going to be really weird, but, like, I got this 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 thing and explains the demon possession and, like, this little dark, like, I don't know, it's like, it's like a snake but without eyes, kind of, like, slippery, no, just just a mouth with some teeth and, um... So, like, a worm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a better description than a snake. Are snakes sound sexier, maybe? I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be hating on worms. I guess. Hey, I'm sure there's wor- a worm erotica out there. So, never mind. There is. There- I can oh, confirm yeah. there is. <laughs> um, so there was a Sonic, and they ordered French fries, and so like the main character is just watching his new friend feed french fries to the demon. So it's kind of really weird, but it kind of takes the scary factor out of it because it's like, okay, you yeah. just kind of disarms the whole situation yeah. by making it really strangely cute. Like, it's like just nominal and yeah. on a little french fry. Um, so you just got to read it. It's bonkers. <laughs> but fun and really well written. If your monster romance is not a little bonkers, you're not doing True. it right. Agreed. Right. And it's, I just love it when authors lean into the weird, you know? Like, that's how, yeah. we, that's how we get really cool stuff. Uh, the second short story in this little uh, anthology, uh, or sorry, this little collection, has a shower monster, so it's literally made of steam. So, like, the main character is just trying to decompress at the end of a long day, super stressed out, just, I, I need to relax in the Steam monster daddy just appears, manifests into being, and is like, I will take care of you. The steam monster daddy. Wow. <laughs> and That's new. <laughs> comes in, doesn't fuck about, in, gets in, get out, doesn't fuck about, and then just kind of like disappears down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> Wham, bam. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> all in all, like, this author is so good. Oh, Porter, they deliver chills and, like, heartwarming feelings simultaneously, like, really, really well. There's another book that they wrote, Hyacinth. It's another um, trans mask couple. This one's a reimagining of the Hyacinthus in Apollo story. I'm not too familiar with that with that uh, mythology, um, but it's got a spooky seaside setting. Uh, it's between a lighthouse keeper and a mysterious new-to-town shopkeeper um, and lots of, like, supernatural horror elements. So my cup of tea, for sure. Seth, do you have anything else on your list? Yeah, okay, so the last one before honorable mentions. Um, I'm pulling an S here. Um so I needed to have palette cleansers between um, the Maze of Shadow series as well as, like, right after the book I just read. Jessica Kane. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so Jessica Kane was, like, my palette cleanser between the books. Um, if you don't know, she's an, er- like, erotic Jessica author. Kane. Erotica author, sorry. Um, and I don't know, man. I just really needed <laughs> something different. So I ended up reading um, The Mobster's Masseuse. Um, Step Stalker. <laughs> that title, though. <laughs> Shut up. Step Stalker. And then my new favorite, Caught by the Convicts. I love that I one. I just downloaded that. I just downloaded that. 
It's so good. So hot. Like, I was dying. Yeah. It was so good. But, yeah, no. Um, Like I said, palate cleanser. Um, So, like, the mobster's masseuse. Like, I wish it had more, like, actual massages in there. Um, <laughs> besides one unfinished massage. That was my only gripe with the book. Because, I mean, it was a missed opportunity. Massages can be hella, hella hot if done, yeah. you know. Tantric massages. Yeah. yeah. They could be hot. Um, So, I kind of wish that one... Uh, had more, so that docked a few stars there. Um, Step Stalker, surprisingly really good. Like, highly recommend. Um, Why surprisingly? Do you not like Because I the didn't step- know I was going to be into, like, stepbrother. Okay. You know. Yeah. Not for into daddy kinks. Yeah. Um, and spontaneous coming as you just, like, look <laughs> at the man. Great. It was great. Um, <laughs> it's so extra. I love it. I love it. But, like, no, the standout really was, for me, Caught by the Convicts because of, like, how, like, out of left field it was. And, like, I think it was, like, I've never really read M.M. from Jessa Kane at all. Um, So I think this was, like, really, like, my first foray into, like, M.M. with Jessa Kane. And, like, I really liked it. And, like, it was great. And, sorry, it was, like, M.M.L. So, like, sorry, that made no sense. M.M. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know why L came out for some reason I was thinking about lady. (laughs) She's a lady. Anyways, so yeah, so basically this one is like, as I said, it was a highlight one. Yeah. So she is going to prison. I don't know how she was allowed to like, you know, walk and, you know, be wherever the prisoners are. Uh, she was. Um, a guard's trying to lead her to her father's uh, cell as she wants to see him one last time to be like, I'm not afraid of you. All hell breaks loose. The cage is open or like the prison, whatever they, they're called cages, right? The cages. No. The, 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 they're prison the cells. cells. Prison yeah. cells. There you go. <laughs> they all open and then all of a sudden like everyone's going crazy. She gets like taken by like these two men. Of course they're uber hot. One literally is a 30 something year old virgin. Never had sex before because his dick's too big. <laughs> it's literally like I don't even know like an elephant trunk size. It's huge. Um, anyways, uh, basically it was just great fun. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend these spheric palate cleansers. Just a case. Turns out the dick was not too big, was it? No, it fit into her virgin, you know. Oh, she's we'll virgin see. too. Yeah, everyone's virgin. Okay. No, not not the third guy. Oh. Yeah, not experienced. The third one the experienced Romans. that one. Yeah, he he's like the one prepping everyone. He was telling them what to do. It was hot. It was great. It was great. Yeah, I imagine. I like that. I like that. Magic vagina, magic dick, makes it work. I mean, like, I kind of skipped the plot because the plot was just like, I don't care. So, there's like, no, there's no plot. Like, there's it's just plot tried to be had, but it did not. Did not. I like erotica when you literally open the first page and there's like three paragraphs of like, here's how we're setting this up, and then it's like, bang! Did you order a pizza? And it like, <laughs> I need to get to the action, please. Don't give me plot. I'm not asking for plot. I'm not but asking. But you know for what romance. was funny? For some reason, I felt like Stepstalker did a good job. Like I was like, <laughs> I hate this title, but I was legit like involved, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I'm feeling this plot. I'm feeling like things that are going on, and like, it it read well. Um, caught by the convicts. No plot. Don't pay attention to it. Uh, and okay, so for my next, a Raylo fic. <laughs> for my next one, <laughs> please. 
I'm, I implore you. I'm sorry, Marge. I'm sorry. It's going to no. be a different, a different series. So um, for this one, it's the Mindfuck series by STL. Oh, right. It's a crazy freaking story. It's really good. It's suspenseful. It's, it's there's gore. There's torture. There's it's just. Okay, so basically we have our heroine, who is Lana, and she's a serial killer. And she is on this path of revenge uh, for the assault that happened to her and her family 10 years prior. So she is going down her list, killing and torturing each and every person that has hurt her and tortured her and her family. Love that. You go, girl. Um. But she had like a uh, like a surgery done, so she's not she doesn't look like the same person as before. Um, okay. And covering her tracks. Yeah. I love so it. she's she. It starts off where she's like like five people into her list already, um, when she meets the hero Logan at a coffee shop, and yeah. Logan is actually a FBI agent who is wait pause Ooh. pause you read a book. Like, with remember, you don't FBI like men in uniform. I'm saying, like, I don't even know why, how this That's happened, right. but it happened. Because usually, so Desiree, usually I don't read books. I don't like reading books with, like, men in uniforms and, like, stuff. Like, I. Yeah, no, not a firefighter, not a police Yeah, man, not, not my thing. But it worked here. Yeah. Like, it was FBI. Damn, was really girl. Fun. I think it's so much. I, my guess is because she's a murder lady. She's the one who's got, yeah. I don't know. All the, all the cards in her hand. Yeah. So he's an FBI agent who's assigned to the to the murder case that Lana is responsible for. Um, <gasps> and like one thing leads to another. Lana ends up taking the risk. How many times have we said we've this said, today? Is that, a, thinks... is that a thing in this episode? Things I don't know, but we've said it so many times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what the episode should be titled. One thing's one. Really? What is it? One thing leads into another. Leads to another. Yeah. So she takes a risk and starts dating Logan. And, like, they have, like, this, like, perfect chemistry. They hit it off. Um, and she kind of feels guilty for lying to him. But she's – she understands that he's he's an agent, right? He's an FBI agent. But she's not, like, looking into what he's working on, right? Like, she's not, like, prying. So she tries to kind of stay away from the case that he's working on. But she somehow she like tries to help him as well, like with other cases. So he doesn't know who she is, right? Like he thinks like she's like this innocent woman that has like some secrets, and uh, he's trying to get to know her. But he doesn't want to pry too much. Um, so it this series like it'll have you like on the edge of your seat, wondering like when the hell like shit's gonna. Yeah, hit yeah. the roof. Yeah. Hit the when roof. does he find out? When does he find out? How is he yeah. going to find out, you know? Yeah. And then How is he going to react? Yeah, so it's crazy cuz one of his age one of his partners ends up figuring out who she is and confronts her. <gasps> oh, so, does she like, kill him? Does she kill him? No, it's a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> oh, does she no, kill she, her? She doesn't kill her. No. She ends up oh. being she ends up being her friend in like the long run. Like she ends up like helping her. I don't know. You have to read <laughs> what? But yeah, so you're you're thinking like, okay, this friend found out. She's gonna tell Logan, and she almost does, but um things happen and she doesn't, and she ends up like helping her and like 
she understands why. They become partners in murder. I love this. Besties in murder. (laughs) And she understands, like, why it is she's doing what she's doing, even though she doesn't agree. Um, Yeah. But it's, I've I've heard it, I've heard people say, like, if you like Criminal Minds or, like, Dexter, like, it gives off those vibes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I like them both. So it's, you can read each book. It's five books, uh, five yeah. novellas. And you can read each one individually or you can read it like as like the box set, like the full on. Yeah, okay. So I oh, did it individually because I felt like it gets like very overwhelming at times. Um, yeah. I will say that books three to five gets really graphic, really graphic. And um, it's really hard to read. Oh, okay. So beware. Like the so um you might need some Jessica Kane uh palette cleansers in between. Yeah, and it's just yeah. I had a I, like in the middle of like book 3 and 4 like I had to like pause a little bit cuz it was too much. So trigger warnings for graphic depictions of sexual assault and murder. Okay, okay. But um it's really good. I'm not going to lie. I love a murder lady. Yeah. I really do. So do we. Yeah. Yeah. More of that, please. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing, like, when women are, like, yeah, when women are just, like, in that position where it's, like, usually, like, a male character that you see. Or what about, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but they're both psychopaths who just want to kill everyone and they're working together? I wish we saw more of it, though, to be honest. I feel like we don't read enough about, like, I don't see enough books on it, enough, like, media on it. All right. So, speaking of murder, murderous beings, um, my last wreck on my official list. <laughs> um, it's Aberrant Monsters and Insidious Monsters by Debbie Cassidy. Um, so this is, I think there's going to be four books in this series. The third one just released. I haven't read it yet, but I read the first two. And Basically, um, you have August, who recently has been... So she's a rift walker, which means that the, there's these, like, rifts that have opened in the human world that give... in that Like, you can walk through them, if you're a rift walker, into, a, like, another dimension, basically. Oh! And the rift walkers are mostly working for this, like, establishment thing, institution thing. Uh, it's like government people. They're evil. Okay. Like, it's that kind of thing where it's like you, you're you stuck working for them, but, like, you don't want to. Anyways, they're trying to, they're using the rift walkers to, like, walk on the other side and, like, try to figure out, like, what is this world? Like, do they want... Uh, you know, to invade, uh, can we map out this world, blah, blah, blah. And um, at one point, while she's rift walking, uh, she gets, I guess, possessed in a way by this being on the other side. Like, she's in a life or death situation, and there's this being that comes to her and is like, I will save you if you let me, like, come into your body. Um, so she's like, she has no choice. So she's like, okay. So he does, he goes into her body. Like he inhabits her body with her. Um, and basically where the book starts is actually, I think a month later after it's happened, like she's been with him for a month and they're trying to figure out how to separate (laughs) because, He's very, like, this book, basically, what made me want to read it is because someone pitched it as, um, basically Venom. Yeah. But, like, at night, after dark, he can 
exit her body. Like, that's the only time he can come out of her body. And he's, like, fully flesh-eating kind of monster. Like, he preys on people and eats people and he that's what he likes to do. Uh, and he's very, like, you know, he doesn't abide to any sort of human, you know notions of empathy and yeah. all that sort of stuff so he is he, like he's just like i can kill people so i will kill people and she's like but please only kill bad people yeah <laughs> like only eat the bad people monster daddy gotta eat yeah yeah, yeah. um his name is Telerion, and or at least i think that's how that's pronounced um and yeah basically he needs blood to feed and the infection i guess you would call it or the possession possession is slowly affecting her into becoming more and more monstrous herself um Ooh. they don't know what happened because usually when this happens the person that's like the host slowly loses kind of all control and it becomes like fully the possession's body yeah uh but that's not happening to her they're cohabitating cohabiting Co- cohabiting yeah (laughs) together and he's not taking over and he's also able to talk to her and she's able to reason with him which is a first um so anyway they clearly have some sort of bond going on and um sometimes he feeds on her and when he does because he hasn't found you know other flesh to feed on uh when he feeds on her you know it just leads to you know the good stuff because it has to you know in order to whatever whatever like whenever he feeds off of her she gets turned on and he has to take care of that but then because she's slowly becoming more monstrous she herself has like needs like she feels this like growing need to feed as well and he's feeding that for her and of course for that to take he has like she has to come or else like it's like the energy that he's transferring doesn't take as well anyways it's lovely um no but for real like it's very it's very entertaining it's fast-paced they're short-ish books and it's just like full of action and the the tension between the two of them is like really well done and just the premise of it of like he's inside her at all times except at night and just like the visual of like him being able to come out of her and then go back in and like Anyways, (laughs) this sounds great. It's been on my list for a while, but I think you sold it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. Food as a love language. (laughs) Snacks in multiple multiple ways. (laughs) I feed you, you feed me, or I I eat you. I feed off of you. You, you, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nice symbiotic relationship you know i'm hooked i'm hooked i'm gonna read this book (laughs) you know he's very possessive of her body he's very like that's mine ain't ain't nobody gonna hurt that that's mine has like romantic feelings been developed yet or they are but also they're trying not to go there because they're like the whole point is for us to separate and like you're gonna go back to your world and i'm not gonna follow you so like what's the point of us going there but obviously like damn i'm getting like xylus and robin feels that's what i said i told you yeah. this when i was reading this yeah, book yeah. i was like this guy is giving me xylus vibes like how he's like not human he's not acting or thinking like human he's like fully like demonic i guess you would say he's from uh do you know what he's from desert xylus no he's from uh taming demons for beginners yeah. by annette marie 
it's a it's a fun little series of like multiple books following this like i guess demon summoner some summoner ish contractor i think they're called in that series something like that anyways it's 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 great he's great he's got a tail and like they're like like really slow burn so it's like it's good oh yeah it's good yeah, it's, get, it's definitely giving me those vibes, which I love. If, if you're going to go demon-ish, even though this guy's not a demon, I keep using that word. It's not what he is, but I just can't remember the proper term. But you got to go there. you got to, like, make them, you know, otherworldly. Like, yeah. they're not, like, why would they act and react like humans if, like, that's just, they don't come from that world, from our world. So, anyways, there you go. So everyone's done with their main list <laughs> do you have an honorable mentions list desiree yes i do i do i have a couple i could talk about all right so go ahead you can just like list them out so just like go right through your list first one just came out muscles and monsters by ashley bennett oh, it's a monster yeah. romance uh cute werewolf man is a gym dude oh he owns a gym and the lady is a baker, and there's some cute tail wagging and some licking icing off of fun part. And then my and then my next book is a contemporary romance. <gasps> Shockers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the astronaut and the star by Jen Jen Comfort. That's another new book. Um, so the lady is a grumpy lady, and she's an astronaut. Very like straight laced kind of person and she gets paired up with a actor who needs to learn how to act like an astronaut oh my god he's sunshiny and like he's kind of like he's kind of like have you seen the lost city he's like channing tatum oh yeah 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 He, he he's got the he's very smart um in his own way but like has some himbo vibes yeah no, um, I love when it's like she's grumpy and he's sunshine. I like I have I don't read enough of that. Um and yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh Seth. All right. So mine uh pretty simple. Uh Moon Knight, which is a Disney Plus series, absolutely loved it. Um highly recommend if you're into like Egyptian mythology as well as like Marvel. It was just really well done and it's more or less like a standalone from like all the other Marvel films. So if you're like if you don't yeah. want to like delve into like Marvel as a whole, and this is a really good, uh, really good series to just sink your t- teeth into. Um, and oh, um, the book I just finished actually, um, things we what is it? Things we never got over, um, by Lucy Score. It was like really, really, really popular on like TikTok, which made me not like want to really uh, delve into that book because like me and TikTok like famous books don't really get along that well. Um, so I was kind of nervous. So like I put that on the back burner. But like, anyways. Really good book, really long contemporary romance, slow burn, really funny, done well. All right, S. Okay, so for me, I have another Germani fic. It's <laughs> called Unexpected by Ampersand. It's a unplanned pregnancy, unplanned pregnancy Germani fic. It's an enemies to friends to lovers fic where Draco and Hermione have a one night stand and she ends up pregnant with his baby. Um, it's really, really good. Seth, I think you would like it. It's not okay. that long. It's like 13 chapters, and it's Ooh, really good. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, the next one I have is Lilac by B.B. Reed. It's like a rock star reverse harem um, oh. where 
where the band Bound loses one of their bandmates to an overdose and uh, our main girl Braxton is hired to replace him. Um, the guys are like freaking assholes to her and don't think she has what it takes <laughs> to be a part right. of the band. Yes. <laughs> so she has to prove herself and prove herself she does. Uh, things happen. The guys like fall in love with her, but they end up fucking up. Um, they end up fucking up majorly and now they have to prove themselves to her. Um, Does she dip herself in chemicals or no? No, not in this one. <laughs> no. Not in this one. Damn it. <laughs> not in this one. No, no chemicals. Thank God. Is there a cage in this one? Not in this one. In the next one. Oh. Um, and yeah, it's it's there's a little bit of grovel. It's sexy. And it was like really fun. Like I love Is it the, just one book or? It's one book. It's a standalone. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah. And then the audiobook was really good too. So this next one is Thieves and Monsters by Cleo Evans and Opal Opal Fairchild. Yeah. Um it's their it's a mafia monster reverse harem book. Um and it starts off with our heroine Ashley. She is hired to steal a painting from one of like the factions of like the Three Fates Mafia. Um, she ends up getting caught by the monsters, which the which is Damon, Minos, and I'm going to probably pronounce his name wrong, Akis. Um, they are like the three heads of the monsters, Cer- Cerberus, the, oh. the, the dog of like Hades. Hades monster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hades dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she gets captured and like part of them wants one of them wants to kill her and like the other two like they want to keep her and they want to fuck her and like have their way with her and um she they end up making a deal where they they're gonna keep her for a week and they like drop a contract and like they have like their wicked way with her um one of them is like kinky where he has a cage underneath his bed so what he does he's (laughs) So Damon, he's the one that has a kid underneath his bed. So whenever he, so he's involved with Minos and they have like a relationship going. And whenever he wants to punish Minos, he'll lock him in the gate, in the, in the cage. And, um, he'll fuck people above the bed while he hears. Um, so he does it with, um, the heroine where he's fucking Minos and like he puts her underneath the bed in the cage for her to listen. And it's like this whole thing, yeah. And it's oh, it's sexy. It's it's really good. Um, and then uh, last, no, not the last one. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I've like dipped my toe in with uh, Dark Lena fan fiction. Oh. Of course, she would go yes, to I'm freaking Dark Lena first before I'm, Raylo. I know. I'm I know. Sorry. Yes, I'm calling you out. <laughs> Wait. Fake I can fan. Explain. Fake friend. No, because when I got into Dramini, when I got into Dramini, I kept seeing a lot of like Dark Lena stuff pop up on my timeline. Sure, 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 sure. And I wasn't sure. interested. I wasn't. I promise. I swear. As if you didn't see Raylo when you were looking up Dramini as well. But wait, wait. I can explain. And then I came across this, this one like this. It's like a three shot. I guess it's three chapters. It's short. Um, yeah. Dark Lena fic. It's like so freaking I don't even it's kind of it's taboo like it's like very taboo mm-hmm. it's um it's it's like like incest pseudo incest so it's like oh. a, an uncle <laughs> uncle Sasha with 
his niece Alita. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> but it's he she calls him Uncle Sasha and he she's scrolling through her Twitter, her private Twitter account where she has like a bunch of like those porn videos, right? She has her own where she looks at porn on Twitter. Are they actually related though? <clears throat> no. I'm choosing no. Oh, okay. that's fine. Oh, no, but it's because the thing in the tags it says incest, but I don't think it's step. It, like it because the character cast comes out in it, and she calls him uncle, but it's not really her uncle. Like it's not, but she grew up with them. Like they raised her. Oh, basically. then that's fine. Yeah, don't feel ashamed. I hope Continue. so. <laughs> Anyways, all this to say, it's that's like it's fine. <laughs> So wait, so so she's scrolling through her Twitter and she comes across a video and in the video she can only see hands and turns out here her uncle, her uncle Sasha has like the antlers tattooed on his on his hand, right? So she sees a video yeah. with the that exact tattoo. So she's just like, what the fuck? So she freaks out. Uh, she tosses her phone. She her uncle like calls her like hey are you coming over for like movie night she like ignores him and she's just like freaking out the whole time mm-hmm. um and he's just like he like goes to where she works she's a waitress and he's like what's wrong with you like did i do something and she's like no and then like she kind of like runs off and like has someone else like take his order and all that stuff yeah like stuff happens and it's like it's really hot and it's really good so okay so so i i'm in my dark Lena era but i did read one Raylo. Did you? Raylo one shot. And it's a it's a DDLG, which is a, a dominant daddy dom- and little girl. Yeah, and little girl. Yeah. Um yeah. but I read it and it wasn't bad, but I don't think I want to read Raylo in that setting, like that type of dynamic. I'm still searching for a good fic to start with. Who's to say? Maybe the Harry Potter Raylo crossover. Right. Fic that's what I'm thinking. The crossover. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So we'll get there, Marge. Don't worry. You'll you'll get your. I'm not gonna give up. Um. I'm not gonna give up. Yeah. So <laughs> and then lastly, it's the TV show, The Time Traveler, Time Traveler's Wife. Oh yeah. The series that's on HBO. Um, I think it's really good. I watched the first episode, and I wasn't convinced. It was. I felt like it was a little awkward. But okay. I watched the second episode and it had me like bawling my eyes out. It's really freaking good. I just didn't think they had chemistry in the trailer. The trailer was really boring. I'm still a bit bitter that he left Sanditon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't trust Theo James as a as a romantic lead anymore. Same. It's like you just know that everything he's acting in, he secretly hates or like not so secretly hates. And is maybe perhaps ashamed of. I don't think he'll he'll hate this. I mean. The first time, I've, 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 I will admit the first episode, Seth, it's like a little rocky, but um, the second episode, it's so good. You'll probably, you'll cry. I think I saw a scene from episode four in TikTok where like he, I think she's assaulted or something and he captures her assaulter. Did you see episode four yet? I think it's episode three, no? Three or four? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I'm up to date. He blurts out that like he's her husband and it was so hot. I was like, I just uploaded that on Instagram. That scene, it's it's mm. really emotional. It's so good. It's really yeah. Good. So that scene kind of made me be like, hmm, maybe I'll try it out. I'll see. And then yeah, that's it. All right, let's embark. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my Marge, how long is this list? <laughs> I'm gonna go 
quickly. Okay. So first off, I have Stuck With You by Ali Hazelwood. Oh my God, another contemporary on this list. Whoa. <laughs> um, so this one, uh, it's one of her, like she has a, like a trilogy of, of short novels um, with like, they're, you know, very tropey, very like, you know, cheesy, but in like the good kind of cheese that you want and you just inhale in a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. This one I really loved because it was, uh, basically like a, a contemporary Viking, a modern day Viking. He's like tall, blonde, and just like delicious looking and s- Scandinavian. Hot. <laughs> Yeah, and this is, like, elevator trope, so, like, stuck together in, in an elevator trope. So if you like that, nice. then definitely check it out. So much sexual tension in an elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Season of the Sun by Catherine Coulter. This one is literally Viking romance. I've mentioned this before, so I'm not going to go into it, but yeah. Viking romance, very old school. Uh, a little problematic, not going to lie, but it was written in, like, early 90s, so you get yeah. the gist of what that could be. <laughs> Um, then I have, uh, also Cleo Evans on my list. Uh, I have Little Slice of Hell by Cleo Evans, uh, which is the first book in her Creatures Cafe, I think is the name of the series. Um, basically, uh, they go to this cafe when they are looking for love and the cafe owner is kind of like a matchmaker of sorts and he matches these two people together because they have very similar kinks. Um, and it was great. Sex was phenomenal. Uh, and also this series has like lots of different kinds of pairings. So there's certainly something for everyone in yeah. there. Um, and I also want to mention quickly, uh, her Curse of the Cyclops book, which was, or story, which is in the, uh, Monsters in Love anthology. And I want to mention this because get this, I was previously known as a, uh, not lover of multiple partners. Yes. In sexual situations. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I will say this book, this story is what changed my mind and like kicked off something for me. Okay. It, the gang like... banging. <laughs> so, way to throw it out there. Call me out like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love that you've made that extra leap into that. Yeah. It's great. It was so hot. Like, it was the first time that I was reading a a story that was, I mean, in this case, it's MMF, where I was just like, genuinely, this is hot. Like, usually I'm just like, "Eh, it's not doing it for me. But there was like, kind of what you said about her other book, like where, or was it Yousef? Someone said, um, like, basically, one guy in the trio is kind of like guiding the others. Mm, Like, he's more like master, and then the other ones are more subs, and he's guiding what's going on during their sexual encounters and that whole power dynamic changed changed everything for me um so loved that a lot um then i have obsession by cl matthews which is a stalker romance it's a, a short little book um i don't know if you can still get it though i i think it was available on one of those like websites like um book funnel or something like that for yeah. like some authors were putting up their books on there um so i don't know if you can still get it that way or on amazon or whatnot but anyway uh it was lovely little stalker romance uh never hurt nobody uh a little bit of um uh fuck what's that trope that i was looking for ages ago somnophilia oh (laughs) right yes 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 A little bit of that, a little bit of, like, consensual, non-consent stuff, uh, anyways. 
Um, then I also have Starlight by Olivia Wildenstein, which is, I'm mentioning this just because it's the third book in her series, and I mentioned the first two before, yeah. and I just wanted to say that I finished the trilogy, and it was worth it. Um, then I have Railed by the Easter Bunny by <laughs> Dahlia Davis. <laughs> was g great i mean i was looking for a little easter treat um <laughs> did you get it hurt. did you get the treat <laughs> i mean it was fine like it was a short little book did you get the the carrot he she does <laughs> the heroine does get the carrot yeah um yeah it was it was fine like it was an interesting world and uh yeah i mean i don't really have anything to say besides uh she gets railed by the easter bunny <laughs> is he an actual no. bunny or is it someone dressed up as a bunny no he literally is but like like a terrifying bunny like he's not like a cute kind of bunny but he does have the ears and like the face but like his face sounded kind of scary and wait there's only one or there's multiple bunnies there's one bunny. Oh, I thought she was railed by like a lot of bunnies. Oh. That's railed by the Easter Bunny <laughs> singular. Oh, I thought I heard an S. Well, you say you say that, but there is a re reverse harem book that came out uh, around Easter. I don't remember what it's called. The something planet. Yeah, Planet Oscar Fertility Fusion by J O Logos and Vera Valentine. Yeah, uh, and lastly on my list is not really a book per se, uh, but I just wanted to mention that uh, I think S read a couple of them as well, but there was in March 2022 this thing called uh, Call Me Daddy Fest on Twitter, mm. which oh, yeah. was a whole like uh, Harry Potter uh, fest uh, where people every day there was like a new fic with like a bunch of tropes or kinks more so than tropes uh with different kinds of pairings and stuff and there was a couple good ones in there so and and they're doing it again next year so i'm pretty excited for that if you like like if you like short fix that are just like purely sex <laughs> there you go do you know that there's a abo one i think they just started posting no oh. where tag me immediately <laughs> I'll tag you on Twitter. All right. Oh, my God. Did we do it under three hours? We barely? did. Wow. Yay. Congratulations to us. We did great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Desiree, how did you like it? Not your first podcast, but your first time on Romance and the Monsters. This is so much fun. I loved that I got to talk about all the sex things and not hold back. Yeah. <laughs> Not every podcast I can do that. I have to rein myself in and maintain some level of, like, your parents can listen to it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, clearly parents can't listen to this. I literally just said I love all dicks, so. <laughs> well, it was lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. Goodness gracious. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was lovely to have you, especially because this helps us, like, just have different kinds of people that read different kinds of books, yeah. like, just share what they like, so it makes for more variety on here, which is the whole point of a catch-up and chill, is just to put Rex out there. So, thanks for that. T thanks for joining us. Hopefully you'll join us again in the future for either your book or something else. Absolutely. Do you want to... Can people pre-order uh, Call to the Deep yet, or is that not... Not yet. I wish, I wish they could. TBD. Okay. Well, keep it in mind, folks. <laughs> yeah, well, in the meantime, you can read Given to the Ghoul, though. Uh, just go on Amazon. I think it's on Kindle Unlimited. Yep, it's on Kindle. Ugh. 
I think after three hours, I can't, I can't speak <laughs> yeah. anymore. That's <laughs> all of us. We get it. We get it. Um, do you want to quickly shout out where people can find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Facebook at DM Nicole. I'm also on Instagram at author underscore DM Nicole. And on my website, which is www.dmnicole.com, <laughs> uh, you can... <laughs> You can uh, take a look at character art and get caught up on all my book news because I got a little blog there that announces all the good stuff. Uh, if you're looking for us uh, to give us all your recs that we've been asking for throughout this episode, uh, you can find us online. We're on Twitter at uh, the RTM Pod as well as on Instagram at Romancing the Monsters Podcast. Uh, you can also email us at romancingthemonsterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm not going to shout out our TikTok because it's pretty much dead. Oh, I know, oh I know. <laughs> I've been so bad. Can I confess something, though? You're on it. I've I've vlogged into yeah. our TikTok for Grandmaster, okay? Like, the, the obsession was so intense that it finally yeah. broke me. <laughs> it's, it's time, Seth, to flutter with other videos. Now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Got Anyways, it. our dead TikTok account is <laughs> Romancing the Monsters Pod. We'll update it. We'll update it soon. Shut right. it up. Uh, am I forgetting something? I feel like I am. YouTube? Right. Uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, uh, you can just search for the, the name of our podcast and you should be able to find us that way. And also subscribe while you're all in there because it's completely free. So... <laughs> Um, and if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me as on both Twitter and Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pose with Woes. And also, please feel free to leave a rating on Apple Podcast as well as a review if you'd like to. And you can also leave a review on Google no, Spotify. Somewhere else. You know what? <laughs> Wherever you can leave a review, if you have the time, we would really appreciate it. Um, and a quick mention, we're also on coffee at Romancing the Monsters right. podcast. Shoot, I forgot our coffee, guys. One second. Honestly, everything's down in the description down below. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll find it there. <laughs> we'll add uh, Desiree's information as well for, for this week's episode. Um, so if you missed anything, then it's out there. Also, the list of everything we discussed today, everything's going to be listed down below as well. So if you missed a title or an author name, it will be there. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.